This episode of Video Game Apocalypse is brought to you by Gamefly, and you listeners right now can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime to get a free month of unlimited games. And welcome to episode 232, or as Dave Rudden would say, 232. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else in, is groaning at me? Uh, way to shit on a palindrome, Dave. Uh, Chris Antista. That's a terrible nickname. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's never way going to places. shit on a palindrome, Dave? Dave I, I'm yes. never going to call you that. Yeah, 232. Two, uh, living palindrome race car. Ah, <laughs> and now special guest. You've been elevated <laughs> to special guest. Yes. Uh, here after 32 episodes since the farce that was our 200th episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. Naming our top 20 games of all time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did a, did a uh, Metroid make it on that list? I thought Super Metroid did. Yes. I feel like okay. we, that got voted yeah, in pretty did. quick. Mm-hmm. So uh, you haven't actually said your name. Uh, it's It's not race car. It's, it's Taco Cat. It's Taco Cat. <laughs> uh, this is Brett. Hi. Hi, Brett. Hey, and other great. special guests. Hello. Something witty here, Nathan Ortega. Oh. Yay. Fantastic. And we actually, everybody here has something delicious to plug right yes, now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have the top five, which we'll be talking <laughs> about Metroid games. That, that's still and a great I'm, topic. I'm getting that out there right at the top, because Metroid Samus Returns, Samus Returns. came out last week. So uh, why not run down our top five Metroid game? That won't be on it because I like to give new yeah. releases time to breathe before they're accepted into the canon we, of uh, video game greets. We will have streamed it by the time this episode goes live so you can see what it looks like underneath yeah. this page. Or, or you can play it on 3DS. Yeah, if you don't have $40, you, yeah. know, you know, you can see what it looks like. Brett, you're here to talk about, among other things, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which Infinite. is finally out. I, I was invited here under the pretense to talk about Metroid games. So. That's true. First of all, this wins, is a wins Marvel. Switch. Uh, uh. Marvel is now. Uh, we'll be talking a little about NBC Infinite uh, a little later on. All right. All my questions will be X-Men related. And... <laughs> Nate, Why you hate them? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Nate, you've got something uh, to talk about as well. Yeah, I got a thing that I just announced uh, last week that I would like to talk about for a minute. Yeah, so. fill us in on it. Uh, so, yeah, a friend of mine and I are making a video game. Sweet. It is, a, it is a it's a digital interactive okay. entertainment. Yeah. I think they're on the way mm-hmm. out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, It'll be show- replaced by interactive <laughs> movies any day now. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a kind of a throwback adventure game with visual novel elements to it. Um, so the idea basically we're bringing all the things we like from Mass Effect, Persona, and LucasArts games and visual novels and kind of mashing them all up in, in a fun space parody game. The Ooh. trailer looks cool. Slipstream Scalawags? Yes. Yeah. It's a mouthful, but uh, the name actually, Slipstream, I don't know if you've ever Googled that word, but it's mm. basically a term used for like things that mash up a bunch of genres and because of our game mm-hmm. it's sort of set in a treasure planety type interpretation of space Ooh. pirates um, we you, play fast you... and loose with the logic of the universe just because it's like who wants to worry about the minutia you know are you implying that I have to google words 
Nate. I mean, you son of a bitch. I'm just saying, I try to pick a title that was both a mouthful, but also easy to but also enunciate. But you know, really fun to say when you're throwing your hat on the ground and stomping it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Split Is this the boss hog? You know, <laughs> if, if we write a grizzled <laughs> prospector <laughs> character in the game, I will cast you immediately. Yes. Those Slipstream yes. Scallywags really had him. You should know more than get out of this one. You should know more than anybody else. Hot, I'm available. The... <laughs> <Noted>. I'm available. <laughs> Um, oh, that's that's awesome. So, um, when's it coming out? Oh, twenty uh, XD six. Oh, nice. <laughs> A fictional year. Um, so, so in the at least number. nine years, we're, so we're, you have to throw multiple d d sixes. Oh yeah, to determine <laughs> right, the year. Twenty XD six. I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah, we we don't know yet. We're still making it. Uh, hopefully, mm. not a million years from now. But we will see what happens. We're still kind of midway through production, but. Hopefully, I'll have more to say next year. Is, is there somewhere people can see more about the game? Yeah, some art. Or uh, other you stuff? can go to slipstreamscalawags.com or dachshund.com. D a x n d. That's the name of our studio. Mm. Mm. Named after my creative partner's dog, who is adorable, and our mascot. Oh, sweet. So yeah, nice. We have a new mascot. Yeah. That'd be Lizzie Cuevas. Oh. <laughs> Remember our old buddy Lizzie Cuevas from no, uh, who is she? Radar, Talk Radar? Uh, she is the co-host uh, of this new show in Elm Street Nightmare. Me and her, just in time for Halloween, running through every single uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie in order and doing a fun podcast about it with uh, special guests and awesome clips, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, short, sweet, little appearances by our buddy Louis Peitzman of BuzzFeed, who has written at length about the series. He's my favorite writer on the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I can't thank him enough for joining us. But yeah, launching every Tuesday through Halloween, we'll have a new a new episode up of an Elm Street Nightmare. Hopefully, wherever you listen to your podcast, I have not submitted a feed in a long time, so I was, <laughs> one, surprised how hard it is now, and two, man, a lot of you assholes stole our shows and put them all over the place. Holy shit. That's, that's not good. Uh, well, it, it's it's nice to be appreciated. You'll get uh, advanced episodes, patreon.com slash laser time a week in advance. Uh, we do thank you for your support. That's it. Check it out. It's a really, really fun show. We were just talking off mic about it. And I loved it so much because it is basically a Freddy Krueger movie, but with children, with real children, not um, teens, not 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 twenty two year olds pretending to be teens, yeah. so you can see their boobies. But then you don't have the justification of like, well, the teens were doing drugs and getting high and probably yeah. wearing hoodies. Well, like I think Freddy, that the, child molester had to kill them. Nightmare on Elm Street makes them present their flaws as something Freddy can exploit, whereas it makes shows the children's fears as something Pennywise can exploit. Ah. But they do it in a very similar way, much more so than the other movie. I don't know the book at all, but I love group sex. So I'm, I'm so encouraged I re- to check I, it out. I, I was reading the synopsis, <laughs> and then I, I got to that point, and I like, I <laughs> legit did a like a, a barely audible what? What? So when you <laughs> so. see the movie now, and, and you will, the director tried to be very authentic to everything but that, and you uh, see the seeds. Wow, of, it's so unbelievable. Do, do you think Tim Curry was disappointed that they <laughs> they cut the group sex scene from his version We're all of the get movie? Laid. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. In know. space! Yeah, I was going to say, he, uh... He, uh... <laughs> I tried. I did my best. How many Man. beats that that had before he says in space? It's so... It's I know! Hard. It's like, yeah. that's I wanna, what a true actor can do. I could never be silent for that long. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I need, space. like... If you could frame a vine, it would be that. <laughs> I, I just love that, yeah, that, that clip from Command and Conquer, they use the version where he's he, he breaks and, like, yeah. he can't contain his laughter and says it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that is, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you can, can see his you can throat. You see his mouth like... <laughs> <He's> t- <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, uh, treasure to us all. Uh, I showed that to Diana for the first time yesterday. She thought what it was hilarious. Yep. Lucky girl. Gets to see it for the first time. 302010's Diana Goodman. Yes. I'm throwing them all the out very there. Same. <laughs> Any, anything else you want to plug as long as we're here? No, something I want to advertise. Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Hope you're not too bored. You know what the perfect solution is for being bored and always has been? Goddamn video games. <laughs> That's why this episode is brought to you by Gamefly. And just so you know, you listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial of the service. What is Gamefly? It's like Netflix, but for games, you should know that by now. You create a queue. They ship out uh, two to three games to you. It's up to you. You play them for as long as you want, ship them back, and they'll just keep on shipping stuff from your queue. This is a great way to save money on not only playing a bunch of new releases, a bunch of old releases, because not only does Gamefly have over 8,000 titles ranging from PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PS Vita, they go all the way back to the original Wii, the original Xbox, PS2 in certain cases. I know, right? And to sweeten the service even more, Gamefly allows you to buy a game back. Have you kept it out for a long time? Do you want to just keep it? Are you that settled into the multiplayer? You can buy that game back from Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they'll send you the box and manual as if you purchased it anywhere else. Once again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get started with a 30-day free trial for yourself by going to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Well, <laughs> anyway, sorry anyway. about that, everyone. <laughs> well, shifting gears, we have a top five, and if you have a very short attention span, you may have already forgotten what the topic is. What's the topic, Brett? Alfred Chicken? Meteoroids! No. Sorry, that says Metroid. You didn't ask what the coasters on our table are. Number five! Huh. So, <laughs> these are the top five Metroids. Yeah, top five Metroids. Metroid games. Sorry. I, we need to say that again. Which Metroid is short for uh, Metro- Meteor and Hemroid. Metro and Android. Oh, oh, okay. It's like a mash together. That's it. <laughs> okay, that's it. Met- Metro and Android for like. You really built that up. I mean, did, yeah. did, that's did, it. I, I don't remember the full context, but that's do you where think it came people from. need us to explain what Metroid is? Like, this Metroid is, is a, a parasitic life form from the ah. planet SR388. Yeah, oh, that that was actually funny because I was texting you and it's like, oh, we're going to do top five Metroids. What are your top five Metroids? Like, well, I really like the Queen Metroid from this game. <laughs> and the, I do like the Gamma Metroid. From, uh-huh. yeah. and, tried, and you were like, no, the games. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Let's rank uh, the games. So coming in at number five, is kind of a intentionally contentious, contentionally, mm-hmm. contentionally. Uh, Metroid Prime Pinball. <laughs> wow, what, and, what did this bump yay. out? For, so for reasons, that, two other Prime games. Okay, for, for reasons, <laughs> for the, for the sake of because this happens before, where you only have five entries, and for the sake of mm-hmm. having a little bit more varied conversation, the Sonic Spinball. Of yeah, Sims. but like we were talking off mic a little bit about like this is a a great. This is a great fun spin-off game that came with a rumble pack that uh, simulated this, you know, the bumpers and all that activity of a pinball mm-hmm. machine, but the boards were fun and you could like power stuff up and activate things on the board and it integrated the sound effects and the look and like it was a thing that and like, 10 minutes in you're like, "I am enjoying this." Yeah, even some of the environments. Fendrana drifts. Level. Hell yeah, man. This song rules. Uh, no, but not yeah, anymore, it, it, it it's interesting because it's uh I didn't realize that it's a 
remake of Metroid Prime yeah. as a pinball game. Told like, a, it follows the events of the game. Told in a classic narrative story. <laughs> just so I don't get, go can't insane. Even, what kind of... Just describe to the folks what kind of game Metroid is. Because there's a one consistent through line. It's, it, it, it's it, a Metroidvania. It's a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it a game where simple. you have a semi-open world yeah. and you're hunting for tools and weapons that will let you open up new parts of the world and when you get something that lets you open up a new part of the world you're like this is where i'm supposed to go this this is where i go yeah. to continue is the it, game i don't really yeah. need anything like a, an arrow on the map telling me go here mm-hmm. because i know like you're supposed oh, to explore yeah i haven't explored yeah. that area i'm mm-hmm. gonna explore that area oh look look a new boss a new thing that that new thing that i got lets me open up yeah. a thing i saw earlier yeah. this is a good description and yeah. metroid as far as i know like began this in uh, 86, 87 when the yeah, first one came out yeah. on the disc system mm-hmm. in Japan and then in the US over here but like this it is, for, it's, a, for a long time Metroid was the only game like this and then yeah. the only other the Castlevania 2 for the NES was kind of sort of this it way wanted to be this but couldn't figure it out yeah <laughs> and then it was really like Super Metroid Metroid 2 on Game Boy mm-hmm. and then it was like Symphony of the Night was the next big brand yeah. to try that and it worked so well that that was like well this is Castlevania now for yeah. the next decade, more or less. And now it's it's not Metroid anymore, it's Metroidvania. Metroidvania. Or Metroid Prime, which is still Metroidvania. Yeah. No, Metroid Prime, which we'll get to. And I, I yeah. just find it fascinating, I, there was an interview with the producer of Super Metroid on Nintendo to, Nintendo.com today, and I forgot that Metroid didn't take off, they didn't take off at all, really, except in, more so in America than yeah. in Japan. And he said when he came over to Nintendo of America and like, this is the guy who made Metroid. Everybody's like, "Whoa!" And he's like, "You know what the, this game is?" Like, yeah. I think it fell under the radar in Japan, yeah. and it's it's like the only Nintendo game with like is one consistent story. Yeah, like it just doesn't take place with the same characters in a random time. We talked mm-hmm. about it in the timeline episode. Oh, did we? Of Laser Time. Okay, yes, but it, but they take place. They bounce all yeah. over the place. Yeah, and they have a, a chronological order. Yeah, coherent timeline. Yeah, uh, that involves the same characters developing and yeah. growing and uh, becoming weird. Fused monsters. And, yep. uh, Even other M is is canon. Even mm. watch this Metroid Prime pinball. <laughs> Bam! Took it back. Uh, well, no, because it's, it's technically Metroid Prime. <laughs> yeah, it's but, the same but, story. But this was fun. I, I really did have a good time playing this. And against all odds, it's one of those things you see. You're like, what are you doing? Why did you do this? I want and, Nintendo to make more pinball games. Honestly, I love their I, pinball like, games. Kirby pinball's great. I yeah. love pinball. <laughs> Regular old pinball. Oh, so is, is this music to your ears then? Quad damage. <laughs> you can kind of barely hear the pinball sounds yeah. underneath. So, the music, but like but. I said, that that rumble pack it came with was really it like would vibrate the entire 3ds. And uh, I don't know, just this, was this, this a launch game? It was very. It was a year later. It was yeah, before okay. the DS Lite came out. So this is like late 05. Just I looked the, at the, the launch w- game was Metroid Prime Hunters, Hunters demo, okay. demo, demo, which yeah. came as a pack in with the, everything and didn't come out for like years. The full game was March of 06. I just wow. the same day Games Radar launched. I just looked at Metroid hmm. Prime Pinball sold 6,000 copies during its debut month in October. Like oh, we had more podcast yeah. downloads than Metroid <laughs> sold. That's not fair. That well, shouldn't even be possible. That was before the light. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't so. think I, I think it was this limited uh, units sold and at over the time. fifteen thousand units in Japan. Yeah, it was what? not a it was not a popular time for the DS at the time. It would have been a better digital game, I think. But like, couldn't have the like fifteen bucks. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, does it really bring that much to it? Mm. Well, I want to go back to what we were saying about like, oh, Castlevania is mm. this now, and now, now it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say Castle Troid, which is wrong, <laughs> and you should feel bad if you say Shadow that. Complex this- Light. Yes, <laughs> uh, but this uh, Samus Returns. The new game is made by Mercury Steam. Yeah, which is which is the same company that did not only Castlevania: uh, oh. Lords of Darkness and its sequel, or Sh- Lords, Lords of Shadow. Shadow. Lords Castlevania: Shadow. Lords of Shadow. Shadow. Thank you, Brett. You're right. Uh, but also Mirror of Fate, yeah. the 3DS okay. interquel. Mm-hmm. And I, I I would guess that it's probably because of their experience on Mirror of Fate that yeah. they were chosen to do this. And they, they are kind of similar games, but Mercury Steam is now the only company that can say they are a Metroidvania company. They have That's worked true. on both Castlevania and Metroid. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I finished Mirror of Fate on 3DS and thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I, I, I it enjoyed was, it. It was ported to 360. Yeah. And it was fine there, too. And uh, I only just started Samus Returns, but I like it so far. <laughs> it's really good. And that was Metroid Prime. Pinball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but unfortunately, like most pinball machines, like it's well, fine. you know, it's got all the bells and whistles, yeah. literally, that you mm-hmm. like, and uh, uh, you, you know, you hit the ball and it hits the targets, and you get points, and uh, that's it. Why am I doing this accent? I don't know. <laughs> Should have made Metroid Prime Breakout. I'm trying to remember yeah. all the other. I get behind that. Oh, uh, <laughs> Samus's Block Ball. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Metroid Prime Bubble Blast. <laughs> Something on my iPhone, please. <laughs> Good God! But. It's a good game. Yeah, it is. And again, here for variety's sake. Yes. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, what would we have done? <laughs> talking about Metroid Prime Three or There's something. There's like seven Metroid games. Yeah. We have a five list. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, counting remakes it, and, and yeah. originals, it's more. But eh. number four. <laughs> it's definitely a GBA. Got to be portable. Yeah. Well, the the clue there is in the sound at the beginning. Wow! Yeah. This is uh, fusion. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So uh, the, this is excellent. Yes. Uh, so it is officially it, on the title screen. It's Metroid Four. Oh, is it really? Yeah, well, yeah. Like when the oh, when the stuff comes in, up in the, the intro. Title. Yeah, huh. it's like oh, Metroid interesting. Four. So there was an eight-year gap between Super Metroid and Jesus this, Christ. and both this and Metroid Prime released on the exact same day in two thousand two. So to have to go, basically for me, it was like, I am graduating junior high, and now I am in college with a job, and that's how much time passed between a single Metroid game releasing. Samus was in Smash Brothers, the N64 one, but that's it. So, to get not only Prime, which we'll talk about later, but also mm-hmm. Fusion, a, an excellent, gorgeous 2D Metroid game on the same day was like... That that will never happen again. Where the the like where any brand yeah. gets two games in the same day and two completely different dev teams genres can release the are, same Smash on two different systems in the same day. Yeah, it's so. It, but yeah, it, it's the it's the latest game in the timeline, and it, it follows like the exploits <clears throat> of Samus on the space station. And this one is way more directed than the others. It tries to do a little bit more storytelling and yep. kind of slightly guide you and nudge you in the direction, but give more context for why Samus is with it, where she is, and it what she's doing. kind of fleshes her out more as a character, but go ahead. And it was also the creepiest one, I felt. It is, I, I feel like having evil Samus, that's like the weird creepy clone yeah. made from her old suit, yep. coming at you like the nemesis in Resident Evil yeah. 3, it was very one? effective. Ugh. Nice. Footfalls. So you see your suit with someone else in it. Yeah. But it's like a weird blob person with dead eyes yeah. and just like just coming at you like a Terminator or it's something. It's really cool. It's so it's an ex-parasite that yes. is uh, like infected the whole station and 
you and you know unravel like I think everybody's dead when you get there, and that's why you're there. You're sent mm -hmm. to investigate why what's going on. Yeah, and you just watch this mystery kind of unfold, and then you get a lot of great fan service at the end with some boss encounters. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I was uh, it was a great great experience. Well, like the the beginning of the game, like Samus is being is a bodyguard for some researchers and gets infected by this parasite that nearly kills her mm. and only by uh, basically bonding her DNA with like Metroid DNA which like the Metroids are the natural predators of these, uh, yeah. these parasites. I think it's because the end of Super Metroid when the baby uh, sprinkles yes. death dust on her she is now a hybrid? Well no, they, they she, it something? explicitly says that they have to oh. turn her into a hybrid. I that, see. Like you know by using the DNA collected from the baby Metroid they, they are able to cure her, gotcha. but it ends up like the, the parasite has taken up so much, most of her suit, and so like most of it has to be torn away, and like the the remainder of it, like all the, she has all these like patches on the suit that are filled by like blue webbing, yeah, and so that's like the fusion suit, mm -hmm. and that that's like her defining look for this game, and it was really cool new look, but like the portions of the suit that were torn away are animated by the parasite and become a, a dark Samus that is, like, way more powerful than she is. Like, all the power-ups, like, you're, you're just baseline Samus. It's, like, various suits Samus. Yeah, Missiles right. Samus. Uh, Pre-order exclusive Samus. Exactly. <laughs> power to the players, DM. <laughs> you, could, uh, you could unlock the... If you had a uh, GBA connector, you could unlock the fusion suit in Metroid Prime. Jesus, and never see it? Not a lot. <laughs> you look at the bottom of the cannon, right? <laughs> like certain cutscenes, I guess, and then like whenever you would go in and out of morph ball, you'd see it. But also, oh, this is this is one of the rare Metroid games that has uh, voice work occasionally. Although the things that they chose to use for the vo uh, the the voice for could be a little odd. I just want to talk for a second. Why does a giant space station have a boiler? That's gonna explode. That seems like a 1920s thing. Like, oh, you have to go to the basement of the spaceship and deactivate the boiler. Yes, please let loose all the horses, lest they be caught up in the explosion outside. What was that uh, off topic? But that story, that Star Wars, like where they're like, oh, Snoke's ship is like, ha like 500 miles long or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and there was this whole article breaking apart. Like, look, yes, it's very cool to have space station that big and a spaceship that big, but. Here's what an internal memo is going to look like for a ship that's the size of a state, where it's just like, uh, yeah, like, there are now roving bands of gangs in this ship, because, uh, where they're just like, uh, yeah, everyone's pissed because their living quarters are uh, a, a six-hour drive from yeah. where the rest of the uh, engine, the cockpit is. Engine number seven has become sentient. Yeah, like, and they're just like, this is that's so seceded. impractical. <laughs> yes, there's even a thing like, uh, the uh, maintenance crew has seceded, and now they all pray to different god. And like, So it's like Texas, but in space. Yeah. It's like, such a good it, ride. It'd up, be like, like the Citadel from Rick and Morty or something. Yeah. Or it's like, wow. yeah, you have like slums and... Uh, yeah. And they're yeah. like, the people who control the water have now decided no one gets water. Oh, and God. It's just, it's a very funny takedown of like, you can't actually build something this big. Mm. But yeah, speaking of creepy, I think Fusion also had like, a, it, it was a real big step forward for storytelling in this franchise. Mm -hmm. had, had those great moments like where you are going through like the, the freezer and you find like the huge frozen Ridley that then yeah. crumbles and the, the parasite gets away. And I think, does, does the parasite form like a parasite Ridley? There is a Ridley later on. But okay. there is that moment of where, it's again, because that spook factor that's in this game where you're like, is this, am I going to have to fight him? Is he real? Is it alive? And you don't know. And then you see him kind of crumble. And, and considering how relentless 
evil Samus is, you yeah. don't really ever feel safe yeah. that often. You're always yeah. constantly like worried, when is, when is that going to bust in the door? And, and it is yeah. like yeah. the nemesis where it feels random, even yeah. though yeah. it's not. It's very, yeah. It's scripted. scripted but, right, right, yeah. But, but at the right moments where you're like, oh, I haven't seen that thing. Oh, my God. And then now it's back in your face. I but, think it did a really great job of fleshing out Samus as a character more so than the previous ones, too, because yeah. there was a lot more of the, you're reading her journal yeah. during those elevator scenes, and you get to find out about her commanding officer and yeah. their, and their Adam dynamic. And, yeah, it was just Adam, such a good, like, yeah. fleshing her out as a as an interesting character because I always feel like Samus is a lot like Boba Fett where people project a lot onto her sure. mm-hmm. but we don't get a lot in those earlier games of her as a person and a character and I feel like this is the first time I saw one was oh I get her now yep. I really kind of connect her more so than I have in previous games yep. and yeah. this one's on Wii U I think Wii U eShop or um, if you're an ambassador on your oh, right. 3DS mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, meaning to play true. it it's good <laughs> I, I, I mean I har- Every game on this list is good, mm-hmm. um, and even though this is number four, like it's still yeah, this is excellent. still like one of the best two D games ever made. I would love for them to do like a Switch collection of all the two D really Metroid cool. games all in one cart. That, that would be they, great. They had a Games Radar quote on the wiki, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to read Brett's words right back to him. But this <laughs> oh, no. is an unrecognizable website that Whoa, I've never seen before. What that the is, fuck uh, is that? That? Is, that is the 2005 version of Look how Games clever Radar. The subhead is future gaming. That's now. where your computer oh, gets an infection for just by visiting. <laughs> That's what Wait, it is looked, that the Wayback Machine? That is the Wayback Machine. That's what it looked like before uh, they Flash blew was it, invented. Before they blew it yeah. up and then took everybody's... Uh, you can go to the PS2 page, the Xbox page, or just Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Short because I'm friends with the product. That was probably when it was like an MSN portal. And so it was. No. And, and, and that's the thing MSN, that like MSN. everybody like for years was like, remember, Games Radar is owned by Microsoft. Like, no. Oh. Before, we, before we came on, it was open like in partnership with Microsoft. Oh. Uh, but like that was done away with before, well before it's 2006 relaunch. And somebody did say it was like the eighth anniversary of us reading Halo Reach comments, which we were both accused of trying to undermine Microsoft right? and upset by our former owners abandoning uh-huh, us. Like, uh-huh. you know, we're all 22 and don't know what you're talking about. Like, that, that never happened. We didn't benefit either way. Do you from think they had a board with pictures and strings attached to them? <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, fun fact. Uh, Metroid Fusion came out a week after my 22nd birthday. Wow. Mazel tov. Yeah. <laughs> For past you. <laughs> it's a late birthday present from Nintendo. It, it is crazy. Is. To, yeah, it is crazy to think of two games yeah. releasing the same day. It was great. Well, I think I think also <laughs> the uh, placement on the list of this and our next one will be somewhat contentious, so you can sure. flip them in your head if yeah. you want. Yeah. Number three. Who's editing my music? <laughs> Nobody. Someone just got the morph ball. Uh, that's Zero Mission, yes. which is the 2004 remake of the original Metroid and is, I would say, the best remake of all time. Really? Because the purpose of a huh. remake is either... I feel like when you remake something, you're trying to do one of two things. You're either trying to really reimagine it completely and put your own spin on it and do something weird like Planet of the Apes by Tim Burton. Oh, yeah. Which is Chris's favorite movie. Yeah. At least his third favorite movie. Mm-hmm. His second favorite movie. Ape Lincoln was in that movie. <laughs> it's the Bill Cosby of movies. You fucking hate that. But we didn't love it for years before we realized it was horrible. <laughs> okay, maybe the analogy doesn't make sense. I was going to say, I don't even want to press this analogy <laughs> yeah. and ask you what you meant. But I didn't want to call it the Hitler of movies. 
because that's all in a movie. That's Phantom Menace. Am I right, guys? We hate Star Wars. Uh, um, but uh, well, what was I talking about? Zero Mission. The Wayback Machine, yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> uh, zero Mission. Uh, but yeah, you either try to do, like, we're going to remake this thing and just, like, throw everything out and try something totally new, or the purpose of the remake is really improve, take take what your memories of the old one were and mm-hmm. make that same experience now with all the modifications that yeah. time has given you, but it is true to the original, but improves the experience in every way. A refinement, yeah. Yeah, and Zero Mission is, I think... I have no criticism of this game at all. Mm. Like, I think it is exceptional, and I loved what they did. They streamlined all the parts of the NES Metroid that aggravated me to no end as a seven-year-old in first grade, like, desperately trying to figure out where to go with no map and it was, no... It was a game I loved running around in, and that got old when I felt like I couldn't go yeah. anywhere, and I couldn't figure out what to do. Because as a kid, it's like, Metroid 1 is like... I, well, when I love sci-fi and space, and then... Pl- crazy monsters and I thought the Metroids just looked cool so I was really into Metroid and it wasn't, and it wasn't a hard game at all so you could just you could kind of but just it was wander h- it was hard because you would wander in areas that I'm like why am oh, I yeah, why should, are these things kicking my ass yeah. and, and, and you'd and get lost you get lost really easily yeah. and then it's like oh that was fake lava you can just go right through that and it's like well for me to test that I've now got to drop into every pit yeah. so as a, as a little kid again with no internet no game facts yeah. no strategy guide it's like this is arduous it's- and very time consuming and Zero Mission is like, no, 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 It's still, you still should explore, and you're still going to be confused occasionally. Like, well, that that's not where I need to go, and how do I get but, there? But you have this now. That is the sound of a map screen film. Yeah. I see. Which you did not have the luxury of. You, no. You, no, the original Metroid did not have a map. Yeah, and I think the same... I don't, I don't envy <laughs> Samus Returns in that there's not... It's a difficult game to remake, but they did right. add a map to that one too. Yeah, yeah one and yeah. But, but it's linear as fuck. It's almost not Metroid. It's not that linear. Like you, it's you, definitely broken into chambers, yeah. yeah, sort of, and you can kind of play in those chambers. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's but still like no, I, I can tackle the four identical bosses in this area in any order. But, <laughs> but I, I, I did think it was important that that Metroid Two needed a remake, but this one, Jesus Christ, I see Nintendo Power called it. The eighth best Nintendo game released since 2000. In, I mean, t- in 2010. I, like, I mean, for me, it's like, it'd be up there. Yeah. I, I think this this huge, completely replaces the original. And I love the original. Like, mm-hmm. I was so into that and Zelda as a little kid. And I still think Zelda 1 is excellent at what it's doing. Mm-hmm. But Metroid 1, I, even as a little kid, I was like, oh, this is frustrating. Yeah. And whereas Zero Mission, which is now 04, like over a decade old, like, it's... It is the only like if you need to play Metroid One like play Zero Mission. It is so good, and I wish this was available on more platforms because it is one of my all-time favorite Metroid games. Uh, well, frankly, two D games. Period. I remember uh, working at GameStop when this came out, and people were returning it. What? Um, after buying it two three days previously because it's too short, and I'm like, well, do you play the original one? No. Did you look it up on Game FAQs of what to do? Yeah. Well, then why do you think it's short, you <laughs> idiot? Of course it's short when you know exactly what you're supposed to yeah, do from the, beginning to end. These games are supposed to be about like the isolation, the journey, figuring yeah. it out, uh, which really comes into play in the next game. But kind of Dark Souls esque in that respect, where it's like you, you get out of it what you put into it, and like yeah. it's, which is yeah, it's, I think isn't part of it like rescuing those like animals that then like later show up in Super Metroid. So. Please look up the story about why those animals might be the actual villains of the whole series. <laughs> it's really... That's some Twin Peaks nonsense it's, right there. Uh, it's really cool uh, because the end of Super Metroid, if you save the animals, as any SGDQ, AGDQ viewer will mm-hmm. know, if you save the animals at the end, 
Uh, you see their little spaceship leave the planet, a little uh-huh. yeah. safely getting away before the planet explodes. Those animals show up in fusion, and oh, I it's fr- fusion, not zero emission. Well, yeah, yeah, they're they're, okay. they're definitely in fusion, which takes place after super. All right. So the idea is, if those animals escape, they show up on this space station, and I'm forgetting the next phase of this that connects the story to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. But the ba- the idea is basically, they're on that space station too, and there's something about them, like they the ex parasite copies things and those may not be fuzzy animals that may be the ex-parasite copying these animals so they'll be rescued so they can get to off this planet before it blows up huh so this video actually so they're the thing it's kind of okay yes. Interesting. Uh, there's actually a i'm probably leaving out a crucial piece of this but i watched it it's one of those things when i read the headline i'm like i roll uh-huh what whatever some like oh are these really the, like very clickbaity kind of thing and then mm-hmm. i watched it and i was like oh man you got me uh, I'm watching this whole thing, the beginning to end, and then I watched it twice. And I'm like, man, this, what if this is right? Uh, so if you love Metroid lore, I would actually really, really encourage watch. Like, just Google that video; it'll be on YouTube. But so one of the th- cool things about Zero Mission was not only was it not a straight up remake, but after you finish the game, oh, yeah. you, you beat Mother Brain, you escape oh, with the right. time explosion thing. Uh, <laughs> is that a Pavlovian thing? So if I say, mother, if I say like Mother Brain, Mother Brain, what? Uh, what if I said Mother Drain? Mother Drain. See, it doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. There's no point. Oh, hang on. Hover Mother Crane. Mother Grain. Mother Grain. I, 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 I don't have a lot of these. Don't don't test me. I'm bad at improv. We got to prove. So we can. Um, but anyway, after you after you beat Mother Brain, escaped everything. Uh, Samus's ship gets shot down. Yes. And uh, she loses her power suit, and you have to. Play as Zero Suit Samus. Which is where that became a thing. Yeah. That became a thing in Zero Mission. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, and I guess it, technically the first one, but yeah. and not that, with the blue that suit. That was the first one that established, like, no, Samus does not wear a bikini, a bikini. underneath her power suit. She's got her a skin tight outfit, and her ass looks great. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's this idea of, an, you know, like a, a form fitting thing you would wear under the power suit, which mm-hmm. I actually get yeah, from a spacesuit thing. Like, sure, fine. Uh, Real astronauts wear those, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's a very fancy suit. Yeah. Uh, who knows what's going on mm-hmm. there. But it's more like... Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine it would be like... Who cares? I'm not going to rationalize this. But uh, <laughs> the idea is uh, they actually added a whole... like It's not necessarily an epilogue per se, but it does add to the canon and adds... like Because the original Metroid, like you escape the planet, you fly away, the planet explodes, hooray. This is... No, she gets shot down and has to like then escape and fight Meta Ridley yeah. in your zero suit. And it's a completely different kind of fight. Yeah, and it's with, with a pistol, and it uh, follows in the the vein of Zelda: The Wind Waker, in that it introduces stealth mechanics yeah, yeah, to a does. classic Nintendo franchise. To wit, stealth gameplay. Love it, man. Discover. Ah! <laughs> uh, but no, Zero Mission is one of my absolute favorite games. It was such a treat to play. I love the music. I love the way they treated all the different themes. Metroid and Castlevania do have that in common where some themes recur throughout the games, and uh, I love when that happens, and each time they revisit those songs, I'm always, like, slightly nodding, silently nodding at the screen, like, this is for me. Also, Chris, to revisit something from the Talk Radar days. Oh, thank God. I was just laughing every time you said Ridley. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, I, did you... Yes, well, do you remember... I didn't I didn't find that sound effect, but... Do you, uh, there was one point where you were supposed to grab a sound effect for Ridley, and you're like, "What does Ridley sound like?" Oh, I'm like, "I don't like, know, a pterodactyl," and and you like 
just looked up pterodactyl noise. Do you yeah. want to tell this story? When we were trying to find sound effects, like, it was like, I don't know, like, all there were on the internet when it first started was just waves. And, and one guy tried to corner the market on animal sound effects by just finding a Logitech mic and be like, bear, grr, grr, <laughs> grr, and then just pterodactyl just... Do we not have this name, file? I'll look for it. I'll see if I can find it on the I, old I don't computer. have that one, but I do have what Ridley's supposed to sound like, okay. which is... <laughs> Jesus. is remarkably close, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, and we had a contest where people could do their own Ridley, basically a bad pterodactyl. Of, yeah. And, and people thing, said it in... <laughs> dude, we got a lot of mileage out of this thing. <laughs> is, is, is Ridley just like a really messed up Pokemon that's trying to say its name but just can't finish? <laughs> Could be. He, uh... Man, Ridley... The Ridley-Samus relationship is weird. The Chozo... Do you think people the, ship it? The Bert... Nah. <laughs> man, who do they ship Samus with? I actually don't know. I mean, there I'm is... Not, I haven't checked the my... Metroid. Tum- I haven't checked yeah, my Tumblr well, in a while. Because that Smash intro, <laughs> Pikachu. Yeah, he did oh. kill his family, and yeah, he's got some grief with the Chozo, and like, it's a, it's a whole aspect of the story that I just haven't followed. Like, it's all, especially in Fusion, they, they tie it in there, and, and Zero Mission, I think they start showing you, hey, it's not just weird bird statues laying around, this all means something, um, but I, it's a thread I didn't follow super closely. So I don't remember. I mean, uh, Prime is full of it too. Yeah, they kind of filled it out in the like the comics that they ran in Nintendo Power. Yeah. I think that was the first time I heard about Chozo. But uh, anyway, speaking of what you just said, number two. Oh, this song rules. What song? That's the clip you grabbed. <laughs> well, it's just here's some shooting noise. Um, that's Metroid Prime. Which yes. uh, I would frankly oscillate between one and two. I think Prime is. I mean, I read your reviews of two and also three, and my like, review of two is probably garbage. So don't even read it. Your review of two is like this is basically the same as Metroid Prime One. Uh, it is in the like that review sucks, but uh, <laughs> okay, it's a bad. Whoever <laughs> wrote throw that stuff under the bus, man. I mean, I didn't know how to do anything back then. Uh, but Prime Two. My problem was, like, it was kind of samey, and then when they did add stuff, it has that, like, light-dark mechanic where, like, oh, when you're in the dark world, it causes you damage constantly. Like, all the Prime games are good. I just think Prime 1 was... It was that great, that that beautiful sensation of, one, eight years, no game. Mm -hmm. And when they said, hey, we're making a first-person one, uh, the internet was still kind of in its... Not in its infancy, but, like, there wasn't the... Like let's all get mad together on the forum <laughs> right. and like so Winwick. There was the a mad, there was yeah. a mad contingent. Yeah, but not like universally. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, F yeah. this game. Yeah, uh, I was like F that game, and then I played it. And I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, I like, guess some, like they proved me wrong. Yeah, it was totally like they mm-hmm. proved everyone wrong. Retro Studios and Nintendo worked together very well, and it's this great mix of East meets West game design, which is like this really polished, sensical presentation that a lot of Western games get right with like this core gameplay loop and tiny aesthetic touches that Japan gets very right and melds them together also in a way that still feels like Metroid with a map that's 3D and weird and yet functional. You don't look at it and go, like, Where am- what? It's Because it, instead of a 2D flat map, it's this thing you can rotate. And yep. Normally when I see those, I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm going to accidentally turn this thing 400 degrees the other way and I'm never going to figure out where I am. It's it's done very well, and it just did such a good job of, one, keeping itself true to Metroid, and then also, like, we're just also going to, like, totally reinvent what this series is. And in one game, did two incredible things at the same time. Like, yeah. followed the core tenets that this thing needed to follow, and then also, well, here's how we're going to adapt all of it, and it's kind of not going to play anything like the other Metroids. But 
And then the Wii version, well, the Metroid Prime Trilogy, where it actually adds the motion control, I mm-hmm. loved it. It added the widescreen. Yeah. And, uh, the but it was still generous control. enough with the aiming where you didn't have to be super precise yeah. and like super hardcore into first-person shooters to be able to play the game. Yeah. And so many beautiful details. Like, there'll be like little bugs crawling on the wall or just totally things that have nothing to do with gameplay. They're just there to help you feel like you're alone on this planet that's extremely hostile. Everything mm-hmm. is out to get you. It's just you in this shell. That's your suit, and then when you have a particularly big blast, you'll see Samus's face in the reflection of the of the glass, and oh, yeah. reminds you there's a person in here. You're playing as a human being, and all these things come together with this exceptional soundtrack, and you still get a Ridley fight that you know you're going to want because it's Metroid, and you can't have Metroid without Ridley flying in there and screaming at you. But <laughs> it's it's just so good at at checking all the boxes. I, I didn't leave that. I beat that game four times in, in like, it came out in November, and before the end of December 02, I had gone through it four times. I was just totally, it's one of those rare things where I was an adult, so I'm like 20, I just turned 22, mm-hmm. and I'm at that point where you can just start to be disappointed by things that you were had childhood nostalgia about, and now I'm an adult, and I'm desperately don't want to be disappointed, but you can't help but start trying to find holes in things. Right. And Metroid Prime was so good, I was like, I, I got nothing, man. I love this. Yeah. Well, I think I think I remember like a lot of the outrage around this was sort of based on like this is going to be a big dumb shooter yeah, like right. Doom, and like between that and the outrage over Zelda: The Wind Waker, mm-hmm. it's like I am never going to doubt anything Stop Nintendo no, ever does ever again. And everyone doubted the DS, and everyone doubted well, the Wii. And you're it's right like, about Wii music, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, I think people were just people were just a lot of people. I think were coming down from a high over Nintendo products, and I think mm. it just. The GameCube um, in general was at a point where a lot of people were in college and starting mm. to get really disillusioned about everything in general. That is why that is where I, I missed it. I was in yeah. college. And you were like, I'm done with Nintendo stuff. And then you got a little older and you're like, oh man, I never want to be done with Nintendo stuff yeah. anymore. What I was, was I thinking? When it came out, I was playing Counter-Strike in Battlefield 1942 competitively. Yeah. And I resented the idea of a console uh, FPS, especially on the fucking GameCube. And when I finally bought my GameCube, I remember for $300 on eBay two years after it came out, with 17 games. None of them were Metroid Prime. Tarzan Unleashed? Dude, it was awful. It Time was like Splitters, at least? NB- no. No, oh, it, was, it, was, it was... I remember playing an ATV Unleashed game oh, way too yeah, long. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. Smuggler's Run. Hell I played a ton yeah. of the GameCube. Yeah. Aggressive I, 17 games that weren't Metroid Prime, so I had no, <laughs> no reason to buy another GameCube game for, like, years. I never really got a shot at it until, what, like, right when the fucking Wii came out. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Trilogy Prime. Disc? Uh, I, it sucks because I have the trilogy disc, but I remember Michael got it for me when yeah. we couldn't find it anywhere. Well, I, I'm like I regret opening mine because it's worth so, hundreds of dollars. So I now. never opened it because like I'm gonna this is putting my kids oh. to college. As an adult, as an adult with a job, those I hundreds know. of dollars are not as valuable as playing well, three excellent video games. I don't have a real true. job. Else that will that will give you <laughs> memories and frankly would have made you more valuable on this on show. On the show, I know. Yeah, I shouldn't don't worry. I, I I really would like Metroid Prime trilogy to come out on Switch. I, it, it will. Came out on you, so I can't imagine it won't. I mean, it, with four coming, you'd think they would like well, except with the exception of like. The trilogy was designed around the Wii, the Wii motion control. Well, I, I have something, s- some news for you about Nintendo Switch. Uh huh. It has motion controls. Yeah. What? Also, the, since the first two already had a control scheme that was traditional, they could, eat, and the third game was basically the, uh, a sequel it's, running off the same assets. I know. It's just that, like they I, released trilogy on Wii U. It's one of those right. things people forget about. So they had good Wii games great. on there, and. Yep. It's not a drag and drop thing at this point. They would have to retool the game for a different system. But it's probably still 
a great way to get free money or at least money for very, very little investment to tie people over until four comes out. Cause the four is probably not coming for a couple of years. Yeah, I would think that's gotta be at least, yeah, two years. So from when they announce, so next game. spring hmm. Metroid prime trilogy, I'm calling it, call right. my shot. Lock of the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one thing that, uh, when you reviewed Metroid prime trilogy, I thought it was interesting. You pointed Me. out like this is, uh, you shouldn't think of this as a first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah. If anything, it's much closer to something like Bioshock, which I thought was a pretty good comparison. And if you play through them thinking about that, like, yeah, this is like Bioshock before there was Bioshock. This almost belongs to the System Shock family of games. When you said it, I got mad at myself for making that analogy, but oh. then you covered it well. Okay, that's good. So now I'm like, yeah. If it makes you feel <laughs> any better, uh, Prime is also the game that killed my GameCube and uh, made it overheat it and die. It. it does and, make uh, me feel I had better. I to send it back. Good. I, I will fact, say, Hey, one thing I was do, there any property damage? <laughs> Just to the game. Damn. One gameplay mechanic that they added with the Prime series that I really like that has now been ha- has appeared in Samus Returns is the scan feature. Sorry, that's my phone. Um, I loved that they added that because it really gave, just like the elevator scenes in Fusion, it kind of gave them a new tool set to tell a story within the environment uh, <laughs> that I'm glad has sort of started to become apparent in in you know newer metroid games whichever those may be but um i just i it kind of had a walking simulator kind of mechanic that they added to the to the environment to be able to oh, yeah, have yeah, more yeah, ancillary yeah. oh yeah, yeah environment yeah, yeah. stuff it, it lets you, know? you get all the lore without having to actually sit through cutscenes or anything and which you can skip them if you don't yeah, want if you don't want to forget it <laughs> that is true uh yeah the whole scanning visor stuff uh it's really smart I man, and also I did think the actual Metroid Prime battle because in this case Metroid Prime is a character in the game at the very end, and I thought that battle was actually really cool. It's my favorite kind of boss fight, especially a lot of Metroid E Castlevania games will have a boss fight that's just a boss fight that asks you to just be leveled up and be competent in the game and finish the game and beat it. Whereas Metroid Prime, the enemy mm-hmm. is such a fun boss to fight because it is use all your weapons. Mm. I, I have things like I'm going to glow different colors, and when I'm doing this, you got to use every weapon that you've got at some point in the game against me, and my attack patterns will change based on that color. And you need to like read me and figure out what I'm doing and use your whole arsenal. And not a lot of games challenge you with the whole arsenal. It comes down to like one thing you've learned to use and, and abuse the it. Latest thing you have, yeah, or something happens, and it, and also the very very end where it, like it reduces to like the final almost ghost-like ethereal form and you have to stand in this puddle of Phazon which is this new material that is invented in uh, hmm. the Prime games but like the only way you can channel this giant new gun is to stand in this pile of goo and then like you can only fire from this spot so it's again it's just a lot of really interesting fights I thought this game was so damn good also, well, you are not alone I looked it up on Metacritic it's a great Michael Jackson uh, <laughs> I believe in you uh, I don't remember the next line, you but I believe in you. Uh, keep going, and then uh, Mother Brain. Mother Brain. It, it's the highest rated Metroid since the invention of Metacritic. It, it doesn't wow. account for probably our next entry, yeah. but uh, a ninety-seven. It's on Metacritic. Real, but I, I do want to say, um, Metroid Prime, the PAL slash European version, oh. had something that the U.S. version did not, and what? I was not aware of this until I started researching this entry. When you started up the game, it sounded a little bit different. The cosmos. In the vast universe, the history of humanity is but a flash of light from a lone star. The life of a single person should be lost in space and time. But among the stars, there is one light that burns brighter than all others. The light of Samus Aran. 
Her battles extend beyond her life and etch themselves into history. Here, another chapter of that history will be written. So Monster parties. I can. <laughs> I can. I can kind of bash or, or mash. I can theorize why they did this. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing, and this is this is not a real thing. This is me guessing. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo didn't have quite the same foothold in Europe as mm-hmm. it did in the U.S. or mm-hmm. Japan. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the nostalgia for Metroid wasn't there. And what's also huge that takes place in space with a singularly exceptional soldier mm-hmm. in 2002? Puh. Halo. Ah. Oh, shit. And that's kind of setting up, hey, this is Halo for the GameCube. I'm Samus. It's one, it's one singular person who's fighting an army of evildoers in space, and the GameCube needs a killer app that is trying to play into that, hey, it's a first-person game in space, you're shooting stuff. I can totally see them going, we don't have the nostalgia to play on, we need... That's Something certainly modern. how I feel like the marketing for Prime kind of approached that game, mm. at least in the West. It felt very much like, it's a shooting game, and then when you play it, you're like, it's totally not that. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it not is like, yeah, this first-person exploration game where it's just because, because it, back in 02, it it was a, an, ups, an uphill battle to explain to people, just because it's first-person doesn't mean it's not a shooter. Yeah, it's why they added the multiplayer mode to the, to the sequels, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, speaking of the sequels, I, I did grab something earlier that, like, I, I haven't really played Metroid Prime 3, but just, like, watching playthroughs, I was struck by, like, how much more conventional a game it is compared to Metroid Prime uh, 1 and 2. Like, specifically, how much more conventional an adventure shooter it is. The point where it has a uh, an intro tutorial segment where you have to interact with a bunch of voiced characters. Oh, yeah, the galactic probably players. get going. Admiral Dane does not like to be kept waiting. Hey, Samus, these walkway mechanisms aren't working. Something must be jamming the gears. I heard that flashing. Jamming the gears. Preparing biohazard scan. Please approach the scan terminal. Admiral Dean has ordered me to remind you that suit maintenance and data backup should be done before the meeting. There's a recharge station at the other side of the walkway. Get down to the planet and aid the ground troops. Stop those pirates Get from the disabling the defense system. Go! <laughs> It just it just struck me that like oh Admiral Dane doesn't like to be kept waiting yeah. get in there and like here's a bunch of shit you have to do before <laughs> you can do that. But oh this bridge isn't working. Guess who gets to fix it? If, if you, Not our maintenance crews. If you had told me that was a Halo playthrough yeah. we were listening yeah, to, yeah, I would have yeah. believed you. Three definitely leans harder on the you are one character in a bigger universe. You start on a space station and then it gets attacked by I think the space pirates who. Have giant saws for hands and uh-huh. yet can pilot spaceships, yeah, but I've never understood that. Uh, but I mean, it, it was again. It is the only Nintendo series that really. I mean, not the only, but like the big prominent one that has like consistent timeline, consistent characters, and like is actually totally serious. There's like yeah. no levity at all in this no, series. None. It's complete. I mean, it was based off Alien in the first place, so it's very much like a weird gem in Nintendo's like. Cap? What a horrible analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the cap, the, the begemmed cap. A feather in their crown. <laughs> a feather in their crown. Uh, but no, it makes it a unique thing for Nintendo to have. It's like, here's a here's an entryway to get people who maybe, if they're not into everything else that Mar- that Nintendo has, like, Metroid is very different from that. And, and I like the, the uh, Ripley-Samus comparison mm-hmm. because, like, she has that sort of weird vendetta with the Metroids to yeah. the point where... There's a scene in Metroid Prime where she, like, sees a bunch of Metroids suspended in, like, vats. Oh, yeah. And, like, you can tell just from the acting of the character model, which is totally expressionless, like, she's taken aback by this. Yeah. And the games are very good. Except Metroid 2, which is all about going to their home planet and killing them all. 
But uh, the remake, I think, is much better. Uh, they, um... All the games are very good about when they introduce the Metroid. Z- yeah, it's not like Pyramid Head where they just throw them around willy-nilly because uh, they know who their fan yeah. favorites. It's like, no, it's a serious deal if yeah. there's a Metroid around. And they wait, and like Prime 2, uh, Prime especially, is a long time before you finally see a single Metroid. And then when you finally do, they're so aggressive and weird, and it's the first time you've got to fight this uh, the namesake of the game in 3D while it's flying around you in every direction. You finally feel that, that horror of like, this thing's going to get on my head like a bat. Uh-huh. And suck the life out of me, and you're just. Shit, shit, I, I shit, love shit. how cute they are, and how that belies how yeah. sinister and dangerous they are. It's really good, mm. man. It's so. And good. they're only cute because of our. The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. Cursed voice acting in the first space NPR. Oh man. Met Super Metroid, still one of I think the best games ever made. Period. This, yeah. this is so good. It's, it's like hard there, to there are people who said like this is the perfect game. It is the best game ever made. I'd say I think that you could argue that there's better Metroidvanias that have come out afterwards, but like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not set in space. It's not spooky. <laughs> That's true. It's not a Metroid game, and well, it came afterwards. Well, it's surprising, like, even watching, like, playthroughs, it's like, there are things that Metroid Fusion and Zero Mission didn't do that this yeah. does that give it a lot of character. Just all this weird incidental shit, like, going around the ghost ship area, mm-hmm. and, like, there are, like, these walking cylinder robots, like something out of 1950s movies. You shoot them, and it just sort of scoots them along, but they're just sort of harmless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, this is actually really detailed and well animated for like a game from the 16-bit era and it's one of those visually it's it it'll hold up longer than shadow complex probably it like it'll it'll look good yeah it'll look good in 10 years and shadow complex won't Hmm. and uh i don't know on the other hand it doesn't have nolan north doesn't but every other game does so that's true (laughs) hi i'm fan (laughs) too i would pay for that uh but no it's like every boss encounter is meaningful and weird and it's just so claustrophobic and bizarre the music is outstanding Mm -hmm. and really I don't know, helps, it, it, it accentuates the action very well, which is what game music is supposed to do, but it's just such a good job of, here's this jungly area, and the music is never overbearing and totally perfectly suited, and then it's very rhythmic and, and melodic and good, and then you go to an area that's like slower and underwater, and everything changes and gets way more slower, sad, mm-hmm. and, you, and you're annoyed being in this freaking water for so long, and then you finally get a suit that lets you float around. But yeah. so many tiny attentions to detail, really gets the isolation down that one and two... It was there, but again, this is the third Metroid game, so when this happened, it was... This is the ultimate expression of what this game is supposed to be. And I don't know... Even when I was playing it like, 8th grade, I'm like, I don't know how they do better than this, because this is... This is exactly what the game needs to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why you had to go Prime, because you already perfected this. Like, I don't know that you'll ever make one that's above this. Yeah, I'm sure this, they'll this find a the way, last but... One, was it, this was made by Gunpei Yokoi, right? The creator. Mm-hmm. I no, think I don't so. Think so. No? I'm not I mean, this was before he sorry, left. What? He left Nintendo after the, uh, the Virtual Boy yeah, was so this a disaster. Was, this is before, before that, so yeah. he was there, but I don't know how involved he was. Mm. But yeah, uh, Nintendo.com has an interview with the designer uh, yeah, okay. and producer today. Um, but yeah, this was uh, just such a treat to play through and explore slowly and just really... And yeah. Not it, unlike Link to the Past, it helped me understand some of the obtuse details I couldn't figure out as a little kid from yeah. the original. So I yeah, went back yeah, yeah. to Metroid and finished it. 
because I learned how to Metroid from right, Super Metroid. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's structured well. It's really good at telling you, not telling you exactly where to go, but it's, it's just, it's so much smarter. And Jesus, it's just so well refined. And this thing, and Metroid is possibly the series that is the reason we have speedruns at all. Because mm. ever since the beginning, it That's was right. about a mix of speed, efficiency, what you did and didn't do. And, and if then you... Super was especially like, hey, if you yeah. finish in a certain amount of time, you get to see her with no armor. And it did that in the original, too. But this was like very precise about your item completion rate was this. Your time was this. So that's going to inspire people to go make a, find efficiencies in the way to achieve that. And then you have an entire generation of people who were doing that. Yeah. And then the Internet connected them all. And now we have... You know, week-long marathons of this exact thing. Yeah, yeah speedrunner. No, I think this was definitely the genesis of hundred percenting a game. That like, this wasn't on the Genesis, Michael. This was on the you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, of perfecting a game, yeah. yes, to get a hundred percent on something. Yes, yes. But this was also had, I think, one of the most gruesome boss boss deaths ever. Oh, in Crocodile? a Nintendo game, Crocomire. Crocomire. <laughs> So Crocomire was this uh, squat uh, dragon-like boss that you had to shoot repeatedly in the mouth with missiles. Every time you did, he'd back up, and you were supposed to get him over this uh, fragile bridge, at which point he'd fall into the lava, and then he would... uh, keep trying to jump out of the lava and like the flesh was just melting off of his bones and like it was just a skeleton jumping out and screaming and then there's like that moment of quiet where like you can just see these bubbles in the lava traveling underneath you so you go all the way to the left to a spike wall and then like fucking skeleton arm bashes down the spike wall uh skeleton of the crocomire swoops in it's like ooh, time for phase two and then it just crumbles it's such it's a like, great moment. It's somehow alive enough to jump out of the lava, smash down a wall, and then... <laughs> With no muscles or brain. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was dead. <laughs> Before people bitch in the comments, Super Metroid was developed by Nintendo R&D1, mm-hmm. uh, managed by, which is a department managed by Gunpei right. Yokoi. So he's not credited as a developer, producer, or designer, but he's, yes, he oversaw the people who made the game. All right. Involved. Then. Now you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also had one of the best final boss fights Ooh. ever with yeah. Mother Brain, where it had like fucking 1950s monster movie. Music. Oh yeah, this thing. Oh. One of your Godzilla world there. <laughs> Shooting those missiles. All of that Super Nintendo organ <laughs> oh, yeah. music that you hear in all those early. <laughs> The so, Phantom of the Mode 7. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it led to one of the first really emotional moments in a game, especially a Nintendo game. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the baby Metroid, which has grown into giant fucking size, uh, yeah. drains all the power from the mother brain as it's about to kill you, and goes and gives that power to you. Unfortunately, it didn't finish the job. The mother brain comes back to life and uh, starts attacking the baby Metroid. The baby Metroid flies at mother brain and it dies, but it gives Samus new resolve. And powers. To, yeah, <laughs> to rise up and fucking destroy the yeah. shit out That's of That's what I'm going to expect from my children. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Throw uh, your life away from me, Michael. So I can <laughs> absorb your powers. Yes. So this, all this stuff, because this baby Metroid in uh, the end of this, 
and frankly other M as well, which isn't on the list. Uh, <laughs> All comes from Metroid 2. And that is why Metroid 2 has been so important to the whole series. Yeah. And has been kind of just this Game Boy black and white game with no map that's very hard to get people to play today. Especially because Samus is huge in it. Yeah, she is. Yeah, it's because you're playing on a screen that's like smaller than anything on a phone you have like, now. Like four postage and, stamps. And if you can imagine postage stamps, which are a thing that used to be used to send mail before Amazon. In the before time. Yeah, and mail yeah. children is... Uh, <laughs> but it was tough. So being able to have this game now is like an important part of the overall Metroid story that actually affects several games down the line, and now I can finally have it. Uh, I guess spoiler, but uh, yeah, the, so, the, that Metroid is a. Uh, there's a reason why this Metroid is important at the end of Super Metroid, and why in Other M, she keeps talking about the baby and baby and the baby. Mm-hmm. And even though Other M's not on here, I do think the last 90 minutes of Other M were really cool. Wow, the first 90 minutes yeah. are excruciating. We stream- <laughs> it was one of our first shit shows. It is but really hard to get through. I remember stumbling onto what's in the last 90 minutes and like, oh my god, don't tell anyone about it. It's too cool. I thought it was a blast. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I loved how they treated Mother Brain in that game. Uh, but, yeah, it's not on the list. Maybe we'll get a remake one day that can course correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about the cartoon one day with it. The voice of the Four Tops guy from a uh, oh, Little yeah. Shop of Horrors does <laughs> Mother Brain. A metric cartoon. Now. I just had to get context. It's Captain N, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. That ain't got nothing on me. Really great, Mother Brain can't compromise me. Hey, I'ma start with Ridley. You'll never ever kill me. Your mother brings a donkey. I guess that makes you ditty. I pity the fool. No, really. It's true. You clearly don't know what I'm willing to do. You probably feel important. You the reason I'm an orphan. Feeling some endorphins. You believe in my misfortune. You cause a lot of drama when you kill my mom and papa. Your mother should have thought a little more about abortion. <laughs> but that's old news. Now I'm getting on. Yeah, I'm Goku. Here's a little spirit bomb for the whole crew. Oh, you so cute. Put you in my pocket. You a little bitty Digimon. Let's get scratching. Thank you guys so much for listening, and if you like listening to stuff, it's a good thing this episode is brought to you by Audible. And before I tell you more about it, know that you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of all Audible is. What is Audible? They've got over 180,000 different titles to choose from, ranging from audiobooks, comedy albums, radio shows, some of my favorite old-timey radio shows, and you can listen to them all on your iPhone, Android, MP3 player, desktop, tablet, doesn't matter, wherever you can plug in headphones. Audible's got all your, your bestsellers, your Game of Thrones, your Harry Potters, the latest biography from whatever comedian is you like, and they have become my go-to place to get audiobooks for an incredibly low cost. So once again, that's Audible, people, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of the service. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Uh, oh man, I, I am in a little bit of pain. My girlfriend got uh, horse riding Groupon Whoa. a couple months ago. And it was so like, did we, and we let them slide. The last thing I expected you to ever say. Oh, yeah. no. have, you, uh, have you ever ridden a horse before? I, the last time I rode horse was probably like in the third grade. The thing we ended up doing was... Not on a trail. We're in like this little kind of arena, almost like um, medieval it? times. So we just start off learning the basics, and then I, I was fine with like the first 15, 20 minutes, but then the rest of the hour, 
was us doing like fast trots. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend has a much better horse riding skills, Learning so she what... she knows how to post, which is like you anticipate or you yeah. in rhythm with the horse, like you kind of stand up, mm-hmm. so you're not like hitting yourself all the time. She's also I, not beyond the fact that I like mm. I can't do a squat. Like the first thing she said was like, "Okay, it's doing like doing a squat." I'm like, "Can't remember the last time I did a squat." I, I don't know how to like do this posting stuff one of my feet like kind of gets caught in the stirrup and i didn't realize it because i couldn't like step up on a stirrup like you're supposed to mm-hmm. to post so basically for about 30 minutes anytime the horse would trot it's just like it's like dave's getting fucked by a saddle exactly <laughs> and it gave me like a, a new saddle rig. It, it gave me a new appreciation for anyone who gets like fucked that much like in that because like anytime I've ever like done that it's just like yes yeah, it's fun it's like I'm not thinking of what the other person yeah. has you, to experience this chasing. did you get a little mirror and look at your taint I didn't I, I, I think Can I'm we do fine it? I was gonna no. say right bonus time laser times weekly full length uncensored and ad free patreon exclusive podcast as well as full length movie commentaries wrestling and cartoon video commentaries the first season of talking simpson and more at patreon.com slash laser time starting at just five bucks you'll help us live and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again and we're back with our second segment where we will Ow. just jump headlong into last week's and this week's i mean metroid samus returns pretty big deal we yeah. hadn't played it last week did we talk about it last week no well we oh. talked about it a little bit but it, it wouldn't have been out for days i stand by what i said then <laughs> Which was? I think it's. Uh, I, I've it never exists. seen a game that mm. more needed to be remade because mm. it's not a Mario game. It's not this standalone thing that exists on its own. It's part of the Metroid story and universe, and it needed to be retooled like a motherfucker to and be it was. to be shown to modern eyes. And I, I'm surprised it took so long. It's is this the first Metroid in 13 years? You're the date master, Elston. Like seven years, thirteen. Other than Federation Force, like Prime Three was 07, so it's been Prime ten years. Ten years, that. ten years since a Metroid game. And Federation Force, yeah. yeah. So again, this is Mercury Steam remaking mm-hmm. the second Metroid for Game Boy, and it is like there's a lot of things that have changed. Like there's like a now a melee oh. counter system. Sorry, other M was like oh nine or ten or whatever. Oh, but, well, yeah, it doesn't do count. count it. No, yeah. but uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Uh, but it has, like, a melee counter system where, like, enemies will flash, and that means they're going to charge at you, and if you time a button press just right, you will swat them aside, and then you can immediately follow up with a blast to, like, kill them in one hit, which is a, a cool little mechanic once you get the timing yeah, down. Yes, but it's altogether new to the game, and it makes uh-huh. it a little more, I don't want to say interesting, because I haven't played it yet, but, but something you do... Something you can engage with constantly, a new added, yeah. an added layer of gamification. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, I don't, I'm not saying it's a boring game, but, like... It is a remake. They can yeah. only do deal well, with what they got. I wouldn't. I would never say it's boring. The structure mm-hmm. is a little odd mm-hmm. in that, like you are, you have a counter of like you have to kill forty Metroids, mm-hmm. and all the Metroids are mutant Metroids, and for Alpha, Beta, for whatever, the, yeah. and Omega. For the first few hours of the game, they are all basically the same. So, like, you are fighting these, like, slight variations on the same boss battle over and over again that you're, like, trying to ferret out, like, okay, how do I get into this room that has this Metroid boss? Fight it. Uh, now I have to collect a certain number of DNA samples that will unlock the next area. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's a little repetitive, but stick with it. It gets more interesting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on the game, but, like, mm-hmm. it can only be... 
what Metroid Two was. They're cert- they're locked into a certain amount of certain content amount, yeah. and added added just enough, and I think made it re- representable. Because if you're a nerd like us and you haven't played this game, you know you wanted to, and now you don't have to do it mm-hmm. on a shitty emulator with a shitty black and white game. And, and our buddy Cat Bailey gave it a five out of five for US Game. Nice. Wow. Trust what she says about it. Yeah, it is. It is really good. It mm-hmm. is the I think the highest rated Metroid mm-hmm. in a long ass time on Metacritic. Yeah, probably. It's like sitting at eighty eight, which mm-hmm. for this this year I think it I I went through and it's like not counting ports and re releases. It is the, I think the twelfth highest rated game on Metacritic for twenty seventeen. Kidding? Has it been that bad a year? Eighty eight. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I, th- I think game. Uh, there's like a, a wider variety of game sites that uh, use a wider variety of scoring uh, systems. So things have gotten a little tougher on the old games. Yeah. But uh, it also Cut gamer hates Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it, it, I got that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Under gamer hates Cuttail. Yes. Sure. Yes. Uh, what was I going to say? But it, it borrows something from uh, the Metroid Prime series, mm. which is you hold down a button, you can free aim. So, like, mm. you hold down L and move the sticker, the thumbstick around, and, like, Samus can aim 360 degrees yeah. any direction. You can perfectly target enemies. Isn't it's, that dope? It's, it goes it's well cool. beyond a remaster. L? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I think, the first Metroid, like, the first 2D Metroid that, like, gives a reason to, like, switch between the different beams, like... You just have a touchscreen interface. It's like, okay, regular blaster or freeze beam. And it's like, a freeze beam is actually pretty weak. I probably want to use the regular blaster unless I'm trying to freeze things so I can step on them. Jesus Christ, what was the last 2D Metroid? Is it Fusion. Zero Fusion? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. That was yeah, Zero Mission. Zero, zero, zero Mission, mission yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. So, but I'm... I shouldn't have left you without a deal beat step two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it so far. It's light on story to the point where I'm probably going to be playing it as I'm editing this show. And we'll be streaming it. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll have streamed it by the time you hear this. Yep. And Brett, uh, your company made something. Mm-hmm. The one I founded in 1983. Yes. Um, as, a, as, a two, as a two-year-old, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> prodig- child prodigy. Yeah. Uh, keen business sense <laughs> and uh, just... Rich heritage, a whole lot of corruption. <laughs> founded <laughs> corrupt little two-year-old Brett. Founded uh, the apple butter farm that I knew I would eventually uh-huh. come. No, hey, Brett wow. is here to announce with the help the, of some local mafiosi. Brett is here to announce the bankruptcy of Toys R Us. He's been uh-huh. elected so as the most public number, official. The number of people <laughs> who have tagged me or like t- pointed it out to me, either as in Brett, what did you do, and also like, are you hurt? Or are you glad? Mm-hmm. And I am actually like, it's weird. I would. To, I'm deeply depressed to see the Toys R Us is bankrupt. It's been the only consistent toy store in my childhood. I mean, yeah. bankruptcy it's, happens a lot. It's yeah. not shutting it's, down. It's not sure. a kiss yeah. of death, but it just it hurts to hear they're struggling. <laughs> Yeah. Like I've seen people on Twitter, like developers pointing out, like uh, Ron Gilbert, creator mm-hmm. of Maniac Mansion, saying uh, Toys R Us used to be so powerful yeah. that they actually got us to change the box back for Maniac Mansion because it had the word lust on it, and we yeah. had to take it wow. off. Well, research me, look on box. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. they were no one was ever going to see a fucking and, and, box and have to take a ticket up to a gate. So the and Toys R Us like I worked at one percent market share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one percent. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's weird. So the Toys R Us I worked at. Is still to this day tickets and that security counter that you have to walk oh over God. to. Like that's not to me. That's not some nostalgic thing. Like that's still happening. Let me look at my watch right now. I think it's, still <laughs> it's happening, happening right now. Uh, so that's if you want to like re- relive that magic moment, like go to some Midwestern Toys R Us because I guarantee you it is exactly the same. This one hasn't changed since 1993. Mm. 
without fail. It is exactly. Are they the same. still playing like covers of like of the Aladdin soundtrack? Yes. Oh. Uh, well, not not covers. We stepped up to the actual. Oh yeah, wow. okay, cool. John Lithgow and uh, <laughs> uh, just just around the river bend is on there. Oh and uh, if you want to hear uh, the Muppets cover, she drives me crazy. She uh, drives me crazy. crazy, and then Miss Piggy comes in. <laughs> <laughs> no one else. Uh, you, there's a whole. There's. Would you believe there's literally an entire laser time about the music I had to hear. I, I, I listened to that episode. Uh, for, for Americans, there's not another toy store. Yeah, I, I, we say that all the time. Support your local comic store. There's not a comic it's chain. Barnes and Noble now. Yeah, there's. <laughs> they're the new toy store. You, you can laugh at them and like talk about Amazon, but walking through a toy store, the smell of a Toys R Us still brings me uh, joy. I do. I mean, the big thing for Toys R Us was frankly all the infant and baby stuff and yeah. the bikes, like the the, bikes. the, the summer stuff right and that's what sustains it throughout the year at least mm. when i was there and so babies are a split off became its own store and people are always going to have babies so uh, <laughs> uh you can keep the store very mr burns take on that babies. Babies. but there's no where i was at there's no babies are us within 45 yeah, we don't minutes have one. so yeah whatever uh no i'm here to talk about marvel's capcom infinite Unrela- unrelated to toys R us yeah, last, actually, last time I was in Toys R Us was just an exercise in frustration because uh, I, it was when Order of Ecclesia came out, Castlevania. Ah, you get that, back to that. 2008. And uh, I walked up to the the arcade or the the game desk and like asked the guy, like, hey, can I get a copy of Castlevania Order of Ecclesia? And he's like, what's that? And like, what's Order of Ecclesia? Uh, no, what's Castlevania? Oh, my God. I've never heard of this. And oh like, I had God. to explain to him. I was like, look, it's right there. <laughs> like, no, Why we don't have it. it. It's right have, there. Have you heard of the alphabet? Let's use this. Yeah. And then walking, like, going, I finally got my hands on it, walked, uh, and I was like, oh, I want to get, like, I need, like, a coin bank. I want to get, like, a novelty coin bank. And I asked, like, uh, where are the coin banks? Like, the what? <laughs> like, piggy banks? Oh, well, we have, like, these, like, educational piggy banks over here. Is this what you mean? Like, do you have, like, a Spider-Man bank something? Like, what the fuck? Did the guy have memento disease or something? No. <laughs> forget what it's things just, like, are. No, it's nobody just, like, nobody there. in his hand that said pre-order Sammy <laughs> Nobody there knew shit about their own stock. Yeah. We're still... I, I was yeah, but... so proud working in a retail store where I knew everything about yeah, what we sold. Yeah, I, I took pride yes. in that. And they, they did, they, like, I didn't move... Visa memberships and Entertainment Weekly subscriptions. You were useless I to them. Actively decide like this is fucked up. This is a scam. I'm not putting that on customers. Like you have to, and so they they let me go. <laughs> but yeah. it is like if you need a, looking for a movie, I know which one it is. Suncoast. I can throw them under the bus. Yeah, I feel um, like they're dead. They're long past. Dead. I feel like they're there's fine. some other layer here that got you. No, fired. no, dude. I was a model employee. I I regret. I can't believe that because I've never things. encountered you being a model employee. <laughs> like, I have ten years of experience to back up. Now imagine, and imagining you ten years younger, imagine, and you're more responsible. Imagine here, imagine this: take out paperwork and emails from the equation. Okay, a beautiful man. Can I stack and talk about movies? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Very well. Uh, and and I would I regret you didn't, like sleep with someone's boss or no, something. No, like, and I, and I never. I regret this a lot, and I'm encouraging you to do it uh, where you work. I never stole. I never mm-hmm. stole from them. All everybody else did, and I'm like, I'm gonna turn the blind eye. I'm not a rat. I'm not gonna do it because I, I want want this business to succeed. This Suncoast movie store selling DVDs for twenty nine ninety nine. I need Clark's X for fifty bucks, man. Ugh. Like I need it. <laughs> Ugh. I had my assistant manager at GameStop back in high school totally have sex with their boyfriend in the store in the back stock room on camera on Jesus. top of a bunch of Xboxes. See, all you <laughs> so have, I can Google this. All right? you have to do, with, all so, you had to do was film it and you'd be set for life. <laughs> it would be right. the best thing you get at a GameStop. So oh. Marvel vs. Capcom <laughs> Infinite. I, can I request some edits to this show? <laughs> so you've, you've actually 
been working on uh, Marvel vs. Capcom and Infinite for a while. Yeah, it was for a long time. So, like, all most of 2015, like, as you know, most games take years to make. Like, mm-hmm. as you just alluded to in the beginning of the show, like, you mm-hmm. were like, hopefully you hear from us in a year. Yeah. And this stuff takes a long time. And Even the shortest, smallest yeah, game, it This takes stuff a is while. so many moving parts that you can't even imagine. And when you add, like, huge marketing and, like, a lot of different moving pieces a like a big licensor a licensee and mm-hmm. not to mention like you got to have like a de- discs in stores on it with mm-hmm. packaging like just basic so things. many little things There's, to deal with yeah it, it's a lot of work so but even even beyond that just game development in general is like mm-hmm. years so 2015 uh working a lot on that and then i left and then was at laser time for a year mm-hmm. and a half sorry about that uh <laughs> i mean hey i chose i chose to do it um mm-hmm. but kind of left and like did, had a lot of input on like locations and story and like we knew we were going to have infinity you stone don't say yeah <laughs> i mean if you know so you, you, if you see there's it, there's so many because i did like i love saying i never asked you anything people ask me about this game like i i don't ask brett anything about sure. this game i don't ask my friends at capcom i don't ask michael about his games ever mm. i information is a liability i don't want it if sure. you give it to me i'm down but i also wanted to experience it like a fan and, and yeah. you would always say like when you see it you'll know <laughs> you'll know yeah. what has brett written on it and so the second Ultron Sigma's revealed yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's that's and I didn't get a chance to play it because I other than the demo so many other things have <laughs> Brett written all there's over it as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of little things and little contributions. A lot, of, a lot of little moments that I'm actually really happy are still in that story mode mm-hmm. to this day and it's the story mode is like a wonderful bizarre wild bonkers ride mm-hmm. on purpose and a lot of it is just like let's think of weird cool things to happen and yeah. put it in there and that was some of the most fun I had back, you know, when we were, like, laying out the groundwork of the mm-hmm. game. And then when we knew, like, hey, we're going to do Infinity Stones because we haven't done that in a long time. And it's obviously a lot of more... Way more people now know what the Infinity Stones even yeah, are because back back in, like, the 80s... We had to 80s, mention but, 96. Infinity Stones were crucial to Marvel superheroes. Marvel superheroes, yeah. Which, you know, like, again, Infinity Gauntlet and the gyms and all that stuff was so important to me as, as, a, as an adolescent. Like, it shaped my whole view of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And that Marvel Superheroes game was really important to me. I thought it was really cool yeah. to see these characters interact in that way, and to have these space-time reality, ma- reality mind power soul. Where like, I really fixated on these things as really cool relics of the Marvel universe. And it's like we're gonna bring those back, and we want to have a story mode. And so that means I'm like, oh well, you gotta have Thanos. Mm-hmm. And if you the Avengers are in there with the gems, with the stones, and Thanos, that means you gotta have Ultron in there. So it's like you're gonna have playable Ultron for the first time. We're bringing <laughs> Thanos into 3D for the first time. And that just started to shape a lot of these decisions. And then I left, and when I came back, the game, you know, a year and a half of development. So now I got to actually see the fruit of a lot of that work. And mm-hmm. then now it's out finally today. Like, it's that, that weird ride where you're there for the beginning. Strangely, I missed the middle. But uh, the beginning and end of, of the game development. So, like, to see a game this big, and now I've been back at Capcom for six months now, and it was, like... To jump in headlong into a game of this magnitude mm-hmm. was 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 a big deal for me, and now to see it out and like we had a launch party and had like a great uh, Dave Rudden ma- and Xavier Woods was there, well, yeah, both of them. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but it was it was great, like seeing uh. seeing pro players and not even pro players, just adept yeah. people like carve this thing open, and that's what's fun about every fighting game is like this thing is really free form and meant to like give you a lot of expression and not you want to break the rules and, and invent your own like combos and custom style. And that's what Marvel's always been about is mm-hmm. I'm going to freestyle on you for uh 45 seconds straight and you're not going to be able to get out of it. And now you got to come back at me. What do you got? Like 
that's a level that it's really fun. But then on my level, where I'm not particularly great either, yeah. it's fun to learn, like, what are my basic moves? Okay, I got it. And then this freedom is, I can string a lot of these things together, and are, in your mind, you're like, I wonder if these things connect. Can I do this, 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 and then mm-hmm. do a super move, and then do a hyper combo? Does that work? And then you try it, and it works, and you're like, oh, great. Now I don't need to know 196 hit combo and resets and to reset the damage and all that stuff. It's just more like, I'm going to go have fun. Mm-hmm. And I think this game does that really well. And I, I've had a blast. I play Ghost Rider and Strider. Ghost Rider. Uh, and okay, it's been wait, a lot yeah. of fun. Like, did, I, I was playing the story mode. Where does Ghost Rider appear with Morrigan? Dude, and that was one of the things and, uh, I was like, I would love the idea. <laughs> I love the idea of Morrigan as a succubus really into Ghost Rider, yeah. who is like this being of like intense will and singular focus, who is not going to have anything to do with Morrigan. Yeah. And just this flaming skull with no reaction to Morrigan, like floating around him. Is like this is amusing to me. And then it, it all, I really want to see this happen in a game. It all and that scene is in there. It all right? culminates in that scene of like it's Morgan and Dormammu and Doctor Strange and Dante and like and I'm just and, and during Sir the scene Arthur where, like, and these, Arthur. These yeah. are all people who've battled Satan. And I think Jedi. that's the only thing they have in common. <laughs> this is great uh, uh, that both universes share those qualities. And dude, Jetta in this is is so good. And that was an inspired. Well, how did Jetta get? He was I a, mean, he was, I in was an odd choice. He was in there early, and he's a really cool Darkstalkers character that just didn't get a lot of play after the. And I, I love 90s. the Darkstalkers character. I love the Darkstalkers cast, man. Uh, but I would I, Felicia, I thought was a guarantee just based on legacy. Yeah, because she's and, been in there from NBC One. I mean, the Dark Soccer sprites are a proud tradition. They're some the of my NBC favorite game. pieces of art in the universe. I, I love those, nothing those, more than Dark Soccer. Those two D games are my. If you want to define my aesthetic, it's basically Street Fighter Alpha mm-hmm. mixed in with like X Men versus Street Fighter and NBC One. It's like that aesthetic is and are all the Dark Soccer's games. Yeah. It's like this to me is like the most beautiful gaming will ever be. Yes, hovering it, rock plateaus and bats. I love that, man. It's so good. I love those backgrounds. Those sprites are amazing. But anyway, I think Jetta looks great in this game, and I thought that was a very inspired choice. That was one, like, I, I was, like, pitching this character, that character, we should do this, 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 and, like, Jetta was one that was, like, I never would have thought of that. That's yeah. really cool. I'm actually like, I just thought like, well, who else would they put? Dimitri? Oh, I'm so I, I instantly want to see Jetta before Dimitri. He's a really interesting. I don't know. Dimitri's also really cool. Yeah, but, uh, that's not that's an the thing. character. I feel like awesome. I feel yeah. like you know, I've I've seen Dimitri lots, and yeah. Jetta was only really in one game. Yeah, you know? yeah, and 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 from my perspective, uh, I, I you heard, you heard, may have heard me on the show talk about injustice, and it just mm-hmm. feels weird to be in an environment where. We don't have a triple-A video game with a superhero story. Like, adult. like you have a Batman game, and Superman gets to do nothing. Spider-Man gets to do nothing. Hmm. Iron Man gets to do nothing. It's just weird. And uh, in the Injustice story mode, it's like, this is a great celebration of these characters. Yeah, I love this. This mm-hmm. is awesome. And I didn't know how much I wanted a story mode for MVC until I played this one. And... Just because, like, I buy every MVC game. I have never worked at Capcom or gotten a free. I buy them every time because oh, yeah, you, you like totally missed the. You, you were there in the gap where there wasn't I was one. there. I was there for like the Vita launch. I think I got oh, that yeah. one. Uh, it's I, right over there. I like, guess. A, yeah. yeah. I, uh, and, and but like, I bought every one, and like, I have a tough time figuring out how to play sure. this game. And yeah. I don't speak for the fighting game community at all because one, I, I've never. What I've That's never. Not what your shirt what, says. I've never. Oh, it's Tasmanian Devil. Why'd you make me look down? I was looking all. I was I looking, wore my FGC. I was looking shirt. everywhere for my Schumacherath MBC oh, three yeah. shirt, and then and then Matt showed up and he had the same shirts, yeah. and I'm like, I'm... I that has been my sleeping shirt since 2011. <laughs> yeah. I, I slept in it last night, and and I don't know why, but the I 
Matt even noticed it too. I like the PS4 Pro controller better than the PS4 regular controller. They're both here, so difference? they feel different. Yeah, huh. they feel feel different. There's a different tactile sensation on the analog sticks. You sure it's not just that that one's an older one and that one's a newer one? Give them a shot. Like I sort like Matt says, your controller feels too weird, and um, like yeah, it's I don't I know the light shines through in a different way. Sure. Uh, in the front, so like other things were changed, but I'd actually never tried playing an MVC game with the analog sticks on a regular controller. I tried with a stick or with a D pad. I had a lot of. I had a good time with the using the analog sticks. The quarter circle stuff oh, somehow yeah. came together for me mm-hmm. in, in MVC Infinite, and yet I appreciated that I could still use a D pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. I just, I just like, oh, I'm actually pulling this shit off because I, I can read the moves. I get it. It's just hard for me. It's always been really hard. It's for a, me. like, yeah, it's it's a thing where you just need to like, it's like any fighting game. Just learn your character, learn a few of the moves, and the the whole versus series has been about like. A lot of the rules are relaxed, mm-hmm. so a lot of things connect when in other fighting games they might not necessarily do that. Like Street Fighter, a lot of things don't flow naturally into each other. You need mm-hmm. to learn like a discipline and like I know, really and it, like focus on how, what your character, how your character matches up to everyone else, and really think about this stuff. One of, my, uh, one, of, one of my criticisms of all the Capcom fighting games has been like it assumes, well, you're going to figure all this shit out. And I love the story mode. Just like we'll try this character, you'll try this character for a. A moment, and you can move on. Because normally, every time I pick up a game, I'm like, I want to find the stupidest character ever that no one would expect and get really good. And it's never fucking worked. I'm no good with a con. I'm no good with She-Hulk. I'm no good with Zero. Or, or like, I picked like the hardest player to learn. Zero is not. Yeah, Zero is tough. In MVC three, and mm. and I and this was just like a through a story mode where I'm enjoying the shit out of all this. I get to play as almost. I've played as almost everybody yeah. at this yeah, point, yeah. and I didn't know how much I wanted to have a story mode. I've heard some criticisms of the story mode like the plot doesn't make sense and like yes it does actually that's that's one question i wanted to ask Mm -hmm. so i've only played a couple of hours but it begins 88 days past convergence whatever Mm -hmm. and like all the characters know each other this event has already happened everyone seems to accept it will there ever be a flashback to exactly what happened uh i mean they do they do show some of that, yeah. Oh, okay. you, you'll you'll see pieces of how things came to be this way. Yeah, yeah. All, right. All right. That was just some of the dumb. Like, how do these characters know each other? I'm like, have you ever read a Marvel crossover? I there was like a year where I read every Marvel comic, and then they have like a Civil War, and like, yep, Iron Man sure knows Black Panther. They haven't met in years. Yeah, they still well, remember each other. These people. Yeah, this well, is the course. fourth game. You remember the people you went to high school with, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know that. There's a lot of bitterness surrounding this game, so mm. just odd to see criticisms like that. Because I loved the story well, mode. I, mean, I love the comic book logic. Kind of operates like that. You mm. just have to kind of go with exactly. It, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, after a while, I just sort of figured it was like, no, just accept that this happened, and these characters all know each other. Yeah, That's it's all a you need to know. Game. I mean, you, you let's really go back need 25 to explain years to you. in history and look at Iron Man as a kid, so he knows exactly. Uh, what that's what, what Avengers Academy is. is actually, uh, that's the uh, world. They're all let's, teenagers let's, and they're horny for each other. It's DC, but let's see Batman's origin story again. Again. The environment, because sure. again, I never, I didn't look into it, I didn't ask you, and you know what I'm a fan of. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I'm discovering this shit for the first time. No other game had this mixture of like the worlds have also synthesized. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a big point of it. Was like we lovely. Done, we've done a lot of MVC stuff, but we've never actually mixed mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. brands together. So this was worlds mixed together. So you get like Volconda, which is Valhavar yes! from Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Hey, there's with, a monster character coming to the mi- game mixed with uh, Wakanda from uh, from Marvel, so you get like Black Panther ruling over this new fused world that's a mix of Monster Hunter and Wakanda, and I'm like, 
Ah, uh, this is uh, so it's, it's, it's just creative. It's just one of those things where I'm like, uh, please put this in the game. Yes. And uh, but w- it was just. I mean, there's also a hundred ideas that I was suggesting. They're like, shut up. But <laughs> because like everything doesn't go in. I don't know like, what it I, was. I'm not a magical yeah. well of good like Chris ideas. Chris Redfield so. opens a door and Frank West walks in. I'm like, wait, is this? An epic crossover? Should this have already... Ha- like, why haven't those characters met and interacted? And before? also, yeah, the whole like, Spider-Man Frank West stuff is definitely like... Totally. Like, from the first... They're like, both photographers. From the first word doc, it's like, <laughs> make sure these guys are annoying each other constantly. And, and then, then there are certain things like, uh, what are you doing here, Ryu? I was uh, with a research team. Like, no, you weren't. <laughs> You're Ryu. You don't travel with research teams. You don't, you don't even travel with a bag anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's impossible. You haven't changed your clothes in 25 years. But it's it's the same kind of fan service Marvel offers in their crossover comics. It felt finally came home to the game. Where like every environment feeds it. The Umbrella stuff, uh, Ultron yeah. Sigma is mm-hmm. the, the best, weirdest, stupid, like greatest thing I've ever seen. Sure. Uh, I really, really love that I shit. I mean, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be and silly, like, silly I, I did fun. like the gag with Spider-Man and MODOK. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's, that it's, was fun. Like, I'll probably never not buy an MVC game, but like the idea that like, maybe I never get good at it, but the story mode rules, and it... It's, it gives me a reason, like, ah, confidence. I'm glad I got this. Hmm. I can't do this anywhere else. And where the fuck else did you get to play with these characters in 3D? And that's, uh, that's yes, also also Capcom characters are fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Monster Hunter thing got me real hard. That, uh, is, man, I'll have to back away from the mic. Is but. it the first? Well, I don't know if you saw this. They had a new Monster Hunter trailer this week. Uh, TGS. Oh. Uh, it looks Monster World. Oh man, Monster Hunter World! Have you is... heard of this, Fred? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this, dude? Uh, World World is like really cool. I, I cannot wait for that fucking like... Narakuga. Goddamn! Huh? I, there, I thought there was a Narakuga in the trailer. Oh, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Oh yes, there's a but it's a bunch of fan, a bunch of favorites and people you haven't seen, and that was Jesus. I wish watch the stream because I didn't know the worlds were synthesizing. Oh, so I've we heard. sat down in Wakanda, and it's like I know this is Wakanda. I didn't remember the Monster Hunter the name of that village but then like oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a Rathalos are you fucking oh, yeah, kidding yeah, yeah, yeah. me are you fucking kidding so I had my little freak out moment and there's the Darn Moran in the story yeah. mode yeah. that yeah. menaces the city I which is could not remember the name at all but the Darn big Moran. fight for Darn three Moran. yeah <laughs> I'll shut but, up but no I mean yeah it's it was it was a lot of fun to work on and I mean it was it was a huge undertaking and there were it's like anything. There's there's difficult moments. Mm-hmm. There's challenges. There's disagreements. And then there's moments where like I can't believe I'm putting in a word doc words that Arthur is going to say to Morrigan. Like <laughs> this is insane. Like there's uh, and also our writer Paul Gardner. Um, we've got some videos coming out with Marvel that we'll talk about the behind the scenes stuff. But I don't know. It was. I'm glad to see it out because it's one of those things where this is the first game I've worked on. Like I said, beginning, beginning beginning to end with the middle kind of cut out to mm-hmm. talk about Alf games, but <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but uh, but I've I've been under the impression this is kind of your baby. Uh, I mean, it's it's such a it's like I get that you could get that impression because we know each other. Oh yeah, but I mean <laughs> because, because I've known you for however long. Yeah, but, well because twelve like, years because of any point of contact, like it's gonna I'm the one that you're gonna mm. inter- interact with. And the most. you're like I mean, and like what's Marvel? And you're like, oh man, the Infinity Gauntlet. Let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, the, the the stones, and gems, and all that stuff is like integral to my love of this entire mm. thing. I'd say uh, integral to your identity mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> there was a period where I thought about getting tattoos of the stone, like the Infinity. Oh, like, Man. gauntlet on my hand. I was like, that's that a bad, hurt like a that's motherfucker. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it, I mean, it's like, this thing exists because of like, 
you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of people. So it's definitely not like... Yeah, I see some notes from Elson that cut through. Oh, for sure. Michael like, may know you, but I know your, I know your official company email tone. No, I... I <laughs> so you're getting some of those ideas through. But, I mean, mm. it, it was great. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of the stuff I wanted in there was mm. in there, and then, like, the stuff that wasn't, I understand, like, it's just game development, where you're like, hey, what about this? Oh, well, it's not going to work because X, Y, Z. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Whatever. Did, did you have any characters that surprised you for standing out as, like, your favorites? Like in the story, or uh, just as as players, like um, uh, I mean, I was so excited to see how Gamora turned out. Yeah, because that was another one very early on. It's like, oh, Gamora's like a, of course, like let's like this is a great character that's never been in these games. Yeah. Let's put her in here, and she looks so good. Her animations and like the transitions between those animations, she looks fantastic. Yeah, and that was one when I finally saw the build with her in it. I was like. Yeah. That that looks like what I envisioned exactly. So that's really cool. There's Jetta. Are there any new new Jetta and Monster Hunter uh, girl? Is there any other new Capcom like new to the series? Like Capcom X, X is the first time X has been in. Okay. Who? Mega Man X. Oh my bad. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> the dead like, silence. No, I thought you were gonna keep going with like he's he was a he was a symbiote. Mo- the symbiote zombies. Yeah. That's that. lovely. Mm-hmm. Am I talking too much about this? This no. is your beat. We can move on. We can, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, also at this week, Final Fantasy IX oh, coming to PS4. Holy this, shit. This mm-hmm. is a beautiful game. It really I, is. I love FF9. I hope it finds a new audience because it really is lovely. Can, can you sum up why it's so... Like, it's a... Uh, it's it was, a modern throwback? It was, well, a 2000. Yeah. The year 2000 throwback but, to... The, it was like... They had done seven and eight, which were very like let's let's age this stuff up and mm-hmm. do crazy CG cutscenes and like break the mold from five, four, five, and six and cyberpunk cyberpunk stuff, stuff. Yeah. and like it's very like love story angles mm-hmm. or whatever. And then nine anime teens, yeah, it was very anime <laughs> teens. And then nine was this like, all right, let's bring the whole idea of what those Super Nintendo era games were, which was like there's a crystal that's like the lifeblood of the world, and these characters have defined roles, like Steiner is a knight. Yep. More medieval fantasy. Everybody's yeah. kind of squat and stylized. Yeah, and they it's told quaint. they told this like whimsical yet heartfelt and like it's it's a morose, sad game, but also like it's a great ending when you finally see it. It's like I, I really mm-hmm. hopeful as yeah. dark as it got. Yeah, I got thought to... it was so damn good. The soundtrack's great. The characters Ooh. are all fun. Like I left that game so happy. It, it's got some amazing characters. Like for the first time, the main character is a thief. Yeah, it which uh, you know for me and our last week's guest Walt Williams, I'm sure that resonates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Zidane tribal. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's like Freya, the, the like Dragoon. weird rat lady wow, dragoon. Great. Yeah. She's amazing. Like she's my favorite character. Every character that you think is going to be simple, it will ends up mm-hmm. being really layered yep. and complicated. And by the end of it, you're like, man, I didn't expect the, yeah. the big monster lady that cooks to be like, heartbreaking. <laughs> you know? I, I didn't expect the tiny black mage to be like one of the most oh, uh, yes, emotionally charged characters in yeah. gaming. I've never made, had a little cute character make me think about like terminal illness and like, my mortality as much. Um, oh, yeah, man. it's a it's a treat, and yeah, PS4, yeah. go get it. And uh, also, uh, Divinity: Original Sin Two is out. I didn't play it. Has anyone else played it? Yes. All right. 
I'm just kidding. YouTube.com slash laser tag. It looks pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> looks pretty amazing. Got him. Got him. Like, but comment, it, subscribe. I did play <laughs> Dishonored, Death of the Outsider. Oh, shit, yes. Which is really good. Yeah, uh, right self-contained. It, it feels like it should be DLC, but it's a standalone yeah, what game. what the fuck? It's oh, weird. Really? It's wow. like a conclusion to the Dishonored story arc. With starring Rosario Dawson's character? Billy Lurk, a.k.a. Megan Trainer, I want to. No, that's not right. All right, so I'm uh, wrong, but you don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> guys. Well, guys, no, you're she, both wrong. She appeared in Dishonored too, mm-hmm. as uh, <laughs> this this character, Megan Foster. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Megan Foster was this character who was like a one armed, one eyed boat captain. Purple people. And uh, through the events of Dishonored <laughs> too, she like you mess around with time, and she, uh, if you're doing a low chaos thing, she can regain her arm and her eye. And uh, one of the big things is, like, at the beginning of the game, she keeps having nightmares about losing them. And, like, what? Why do I keep having this recurring nightmare? So you go and you find her old mentor, Dowd, who you played as in The Knife of Dunwall, and who's still voiced by Michael Madsen, apparently. And uh, you kill a bunch of gangsters or uh, spare them, if that's your jam. And uh, then the outsider visits you and gives you, like, a weird skeleton arm and like glowing stone eye thing and uh then you get like weird powers like just a few powers that uh are sort of riffs on earlier dishonored things like there's like a twist on blink where like you Mm. can't you can't just like teleport around the map but you can like set a a safe point like a a waypoint rather and like Put it in a safe area, go into a place with a bunch of enemies, kill a bunch of them, and then teleport out mm, to the, cool. the marker that you'd set earlier. So that that's kind of neat. Um, it, it is really good, what I've played so far. So, yeah, I that's recommend a that. Chunk, but a standalone, you can't buy it in stores, you can download it. Uh, it might, there might be a disc version. I don't know. But you don't no, need, there is a disc version. But you don't need the game. You don't, no. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it is a standalone game. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in this grand tradition that we're seeing this year of, like, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Mm. Is, is that the title? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, like, just these things that, like, they seem like DLC, and they're priced, like, around 40 bucks, but they are standalone games. Yeah. And excellent. Um, so let's move on to Chris's... Favorite segment. Take my advice, do as I say, save a little money for a rainy day. What are you buying? Guys. 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 I bought my first Amiibos of 2017 this year. Yeah, no, those were those were gifts. Those were gifts. <laughs> all right, we, 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 what were all, they? we all in synchronous look at the wall of amiibos. <laughs> like, look over it. It's about to get more impressive. Are they, are they Metroids? Because the only thing that's going to be more dangerous to amiibo scarcity uh, than rarity is <laughs> indifference. Because <laughs> when you don't buy amiibos, they get priced down. They're probably not coming back. Mm-hmm. Such is the case with Toad. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Toad at Target, you can get Toad and the Splatoon amiibos from the original Splatoon game uh-huh. uh, for two dollars. Shit! Two dollars shit free shipping. Oh my god! Uh, How much so, should I pay for those fucking Splatoon amiibos? I wouldn't pay yeah, thirty no. bucks. I think probably right? probably yeah. thirty bucks. So like I yeah I think with shipping I paid ten dollars. Lucky you! Uh, for I'm getting that Toad amiibo. It's so good. He's in more games than anybody. That's true. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, but other th- oh, other than that, I thought this was a great deal. Uh, it's going to be difficult. New Egg has player unknown battlegrounds. Have you heard of it? Yeah, uh, maybe a it. little bit. Uh, for twenty six forty nine, with discount code that I'm going to read once, 
And if I fuck up, I'm not doing it over. All right. Uh, A-F-E-M-R-K-B-K-52. <laughs> 52. 52. A-F-E-M-R-K-B-K-52. Burger King 52. Remember oh, that. Um, but that's that's a, about that's $10 off, I think, hmm. for the best unreleased game ever. Hmm. Um, Xbox Live Gold, uh, if you have that gold. And you should Overwatch Game of the Year Edition is thirty eight ninety nine, but I think you can get it for 30 bucks this week at Best Buy. Great game. Uh... I, this is always weird. Battlefield 1 and the Titanfall 2 Ultimate Bundle. EA is selling those as a bundle, which I think they should have if they were going to release them a week apart and doom both their sales <laughs> by <laughs> such a close release window. You get both right now for fifty nine ninety nine, making them 30 bucks a piece. Um, Far Cry 4 is 16 bucks, and Far Cry uh, Primal is 20 bucks. but if there's digital deluxe editions you can get as well for uh, up to 60% off. But, worth it and uh, I think so I think those are both great games um, and then you can also get the game of the millennium Loco Cycle Loco Cycle <laughs> is free if wow. you have Xbox Live wow. I think maybe just through the Microsoft Store I forget how that works it's usually up to date with Xbox Live sometimes it's not um, and uh, there is this is great the Humble Very Positive Bundle 2 I forgot to gather what charity this goes to I love the Humble Bundles we all love the Humble Bundles uh, pay what you want, or one dollar or more, you'll get uh, uh, wreck, wreck, hack, wait, riv, wreck, hack, wreck it, Ralph, wreck, hack, die, retry, um, neon, chrome, dungeon souls. Pay more than six dollars, and you'll get Middle Earth: Shadows of Mordor, Game of the Year edition, Ultimate Chicken Horse, and the Great Oxen Free for six dollars. How many things did you just say were actual games? Yeah, they're real games. Ultimate Horse, uh, Ultimate Chicken Horse. <laughs> Ultimate Chicken Horse. And Oxen Free? Yeah, and yeah, Oxen I knew Oxen, Oxen Free. But these How are, these are, these are the very positive animals. bundles, and they have they have positive Steam user reviews. No, it's great. Mm. But I was just like, I realized how out of it I've been for the last seven months, apparently. Now, you pay more than $10, you'll also unlock Death Road to Canada and Beat Cop. And here's where it gets really interesting. Pay $80 or more. That seems like a high price, doesn't yes. it? Not? <laughs> remember, the, remember the Shadows of Mordor game I mentioned? Mm-hmm. Uh, pay $80 or more and you'll get the pre-order for Middle-Earth Shadow of War, the brand new game, huh. with a shirt, and it'll go to charity. Uh, pretty fucking great deal. I love Shadow of Mordor. Yep. So they, if you want, if you like Shadow of Mordor, you get both games, 80 bucks and a shirt, and some of it goes to charity, a good cause, and you can pre-order it. I love it when Humble Bundle has pre-orders for brand, like, unreleased games. It's really cool. Anyway, that's the game deals. Sonic Skateboard! <laughs> Wait, what oh, happened? <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Take my advice, do as I say, save a little money for a rainy day. Thank you! And Dave collected these, and even though he's not here, we've mentioned a bunch of these. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World releasing worldwide on January 26th. I don't want to talk too long about how that's a giant deal for me. Okay. Not only because I love the series, but there hasn't really been a worldwide release for Monster Hunter. Yeah. Uh, it usually gets released in Japan, and then America has to wait. So that momentum. The way God intended. Huh? It said the way God no, intended. No, not the way God yeah. intended. Uh, the, the, way, the way it has to, like. And the America Japanese are a superior people. They deserve <laughs> games first. Well, Japan loves the game game series, and it takes yeah. a while to localize. So yeah. the idea that they're, they're putting resources behind it so it can be 
a global thing is really fucking neat because we follow we have Japanese friends on Twitter and Facebook and like the idea that they're playing a game we won't see for months sucks and that's not going to happen with Monster Hunter World and it looks so fucking cool. Uh, I you actually I, don't know. I mean yeah there's it was the longest it won the longest line award at PAX West did it really because it was that all, fucking demo that that station was amazing the station with the giant Rathalos and I mean it's like I mean we've all talked about Monster Hunter. Especially in VGA it 200. Not, it is not towing a company line. That game is like fucking... It is one of the best experiences I've ever had. A lot of the shit I love about Destiny... But I'm glad DuckTales is on that list instead of Monster Hunter. Yeah, you're right. Me too. Uh, God, you're right. The show premieres this week. It's going to be great. Disney Afternoon Collection, everybody. Remember that too. How about that? Happy. Thanks. Uh, thanks. But, uh, it means a lot. But I I don't know. Like The Monster Hunter world... Monster Hunter isn't a series that... Even if you're a fan, you're like holy shit that looks beautiful that hasn't really happened in a while and that's what this looks like like this world looks too big hmm. too frightening too scary and I cannot wait to fucking play this and shit and too legit so to quit yes just to let Michael let everyone know where Michael was born yep um, <laughs> in 1991, actually, actually, <laughs> where all, everything important happened. Actually, all of uh, all of Dave's news lets him lets us know when he was born because it's all it's all re releases and yeah. remasters. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, so it's all shit we brought up already. That's so funny. Hey, Monster Squad's on Blu-ray. <laughs> it is. Well, Zone of the Enders getting VR support is was news to me. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that at all. I heard remaster. I didn't see VR yeah. support. With VR support. Oh, I meant to for PSVR. Have that as a game deal, Michael, with the camera that. The PSVR, yeah, yeah, the, the with a with a special code on Amazon. It was going gets, for like three hundred dollars. Yeah, and I I was this close. Like, I don't think I can pull the trigger on that, but um, that's um, two hundred dollars off. I mean, I spent more than that on it, and it was worthwhile. It does make it the cheapest on market. So to to get the PSVR headset and the camera for two hundred ninety nine ninety nine, you go to Amazon and then uh, use the coupon code. PSVR save. How am I going to remember that? Slash 30. I can't imagine. <laughs> Slash 30. <laughs> What's next? Final Fantasy IX surprise launch on PS4. And I did think it was... There's a funny new mechanic in these games, in both 7 and 9, where you can play in fast motion. Like at huh. double or triple speed. Because, I mean, I always say that's that's the thing. Mar- modern- modernity is mostly about pacing when it comes to pop culture. Old movies and old games take their time in a way that most modern audience won't won't tolerate. Hmm. But there's a way to, to play through it quickly and uh, move through cutscenes and uh, certain battle is points. It just, is it riffing on like the Bravely Default stuff where you can? Speed? I don't think it's that in depth. Oh. That, this is more like a outside game speed thing oh. in general, rather than being able to just like. Oh, did did anybody get to try out the? Uh, oh my god, the octopus, the Project Octopus. Did you see the Nintendo Direct? Is that Octopath Traveler? That's the one. Yeah. Everybody says that's really fucking good, and I should try it out. I did not get a chance to do it. But the Nintendo Direct stuff also happened, and there was a bunch of news there. I forget all of it. <laughs> but we have we have, we have have a YouTube video of watching it with uh, H-E-N-R-E-G. No, no, no. Don't let him do it here. On Twitter. Well, speaking of Nintendo, somebody discovered NES Golf hidden in the code for the Nintendo Switch. And apparently there's, like, a big thing about, like, how do you unlock this? Apparently it involves, like, setting the clock to July 11th and then, like, uh, performing a certain gesture that takes 1.5 seconds to complete. Is it a golf swing? Do you have to hold down some buttons? Nobody seems to know for sure, but there is a concerted effort to figure this out. I'll be shocked to find out this is something Nintendo put there for people to find and figure out how to play, Mm -hmm. rather than it's something left over from the development 
It might it, be something left over from the development. It seems to be an homage to Satoru Iwata because that's a game that he maybe, worked but on. But like people already found that there's an NES emulator on the Switch right. innately, mm-hmm. which is crazy because that yeah. that didn't exist on the Wii or the Wii U. That was you had to download the game and the emulation itself every single time. But there is a natural NES emulator on the Switch with a hidden version of Golf, which I can't believe it because it's like it's it's. A smaller file size than like a shader for an icon. Yep. The game of golf for Nintendo. <laughs> it's like and, what, a few K? Come yes. On. And it's and it just seems like one of those games like, ah fuck it, we'll never be able to sell this game again. Put it on the <laughs> throw it on every switch, who cares? I got it in my ambassador program, play it every day. Player Unknown Battlegrounds has broken the record for the most Steam users. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. But on uh, on uh what was it? The old record was one million two hundred and ninety one thousand people. Playing Dota in March of 2016, um, in Player Known Battlegrounds made one million three hundred forty-eight thousand three hundred and seventy-four. Three hundred, excuse me, three hundred seventy-four. <laughs> Which, by the way, on thirty twenty ten, there is that seems impressive. You know what sort of broke that record? Hmm. On an upcoming thirty twenty ten, the release of Halo Three, there were more people on Xbox Live that not only more people online playing Halo Three that week. Uh, and we'll talk about this in 302010. Movies that bombed at the box office blamed Halo 3. Really? Yes. They're like, yes, this Ben Stiller movie didn't perform as expected because was, of Halo 3. Sure, that the that's first, the reason. That's the reason. <laughs> that was the first time I remember Hollywood being collectively angry at games, at games. For, for drinking their milkshake. And, they, they and were, it's, it, it, it's awesome. I looked up this old article on Ad Age, and like, there's this all these cynical fucking movie executives like, who knows how long this will last? Old man yells it just goes cloud. on for another week. All our yeah. movies are doomed. Yeah. Make a, better movies. Yeah, well, make better sorry. movies. If there's anything I've learned from watching the movie industry is that entertainment executives will do anything to uh, rationalize their movies failing yes. other than, like, these movies suck. This like, wasn't my fault? Dracula 2000 bond because uh, Congress <laughs> oh, uh, wouldn't let us advertise to under-18s on MTV. Tom Cruise's mummy. Uh-huh. Bombed because early access on Steam and the player knows Battleground debuted that week. Sure, and nobody wanted to see Ru- Russell Crowe was Doctor Jekyll. <laughs> you hear what I just said? Russell Crowe no, was Doctor Jekyll. How does that not yeah. print? Many? How no, does that, that was a great scene in a bad movie? I wanted nothing but him and his Cockney accent throwing Tom Cruise around like a rag doll. That was amazing. Uh, he was using a Cockney so you've seen accent? the fucking movie. Oh no, this is all I want to talk. It's about. It's a bad now. movie, but it, that one scene is worth the price of admission. Man. And they are uh, That's saying a lot, considering the price of admission for two people is roughly thirty. No, I mean like now. price of like pirating it. Oh, like okay. So the Universal <laughs> Monsters were the original Avengers, which is something I really point out. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, yes. But it's, yeah, I about it's that not that one. funny. Hurts my feelings. It's a good point, and I'm glad you made it. I'm glad <laughs> people- <laughs> that it's that it's out there forever on the internet. It really is. It gets referenced every time somebody sees a Universal monster, and I get tweeted with. You know it. what? I, I realized when that came out, and like, oh, Universal's trying to establish their own like uh, cinematic universe. Uh, like, you know, what? <clears throat> the, the only horror cinematic the- universe I care about would involve. Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Thank and you. Leatherface. Like, get those 80s movies icons together, and I will watch that shit. Well, not not only, this is a good news story for VGA and you. Mm-hmm. One, an Elm Street Nightmare launched this week. That's great. Sure. <laughs> ElmStreetNightmare.com. It's good. But a, a Best Buy exclusive, and I'm really interested, Mad Balls. 
Mad balls. Remember Mad Balls? Yes. Uh, I remember Bad Malls. <laughs> Stop it. And their their video game Mad Balls and Babo Invasion. This is a thing that happened. We yeah. streamed it and has an astounding amount of views for how shitty the fucking game is. Holy fuck. Uh, but, I read a lot of the Star Comics Mad Balls stuff. But yeah. Oh yeah. That was good. It wasn't good, I can tell you. Fabulous going, that's disgusting. Our buddy Dave, uh, he showed us the uh, Best Buy had an exclusive Michael Myers, um, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger Mad Balls. Are for wow. sale at Best Whoa. Buy, and I'm like, that's stupid. Oh, no, <laughs> I think I need I those to buy them. No. I, was, I went through those emotions as quickly as you said them. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh come God. on. I think there's yeah, a Xenomorph too. Like they're <laughs> oh, all horror themed bad balls. That's stupid. I have to buy it. I know they look dope as shit, and they're they're more than amiibos, by the way. So they're uh, Mad Balls kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Boglins of. You remember when you bought toys based on what grossed your sister out? It was the eighties. Somebody, some, somebody on my. Were Instagram, you a screaming Mimi guy or a slobulous guy? Some of my, some, one of my oh, Instagram Ocul- friends. Oculus Orbis. Oh, Oculus Orbis. The, is the awesome. balls, like, one of my Instagram friends put together a collage of every proprietary slime oh, from every wow. toy line, like the real Ghostbusters purple ooze, the Ninja Turtles ooze, the He-Man slime trap. He-Man thing. slime trap. Uh, it was, it was like, God, that was an. Remember uh, slime? Spend so much of your adolescence trying to uh, consume and like, get access to more goos, and then you get older and you want to avoid them at all costs. Uh-huh. And then you get like, older no, I can... produce enough of that. Right, thank you. Right. you get older and find out you can make your own. I'm not, right. I'm not paying yes. for yours. Mine dries up just goo as fast. acquisition versus goo oh. avoidance. <laughs> That's life. But I remember, like the first time I like dropped a, bo- a, a, a bag of green goo on He Man, I was like, I ruined my action figure. <laughs> It's that moment of just like, well, now I gotta clean this Why up. Why did yeah, I do that? They got... didn't advertise the after. No, it was gotta... just the promise of the goo dripping delicately. Oh, problem, get a toothpaste yeah. or a toothpick and like clean this crusty shit out of the Mattel, joints. Uh, Mattel customer support appreciates your letter, Brett. <laughs> we're happy to tell you we still sell that action figure for eleven ninety five. And I'm using a toothbrush right up the thighs of He-Man to get his <laughs> junk clean. No, did they sell a proprietary He-Man cleaning solution to you for like thirty bucks, like Nintendo uh, did no, with no, their no. um? Attorney, yeah. the Nintendo, ultimate yeah. slime toy was Manglores, which were action figures that had to you had to immerse them in slime to keep them uh, properly moistened, oh. and then oh, you ripped them evil. apart and could stick them back together. Oh, yeah. So this was a toy based on you completely destroying its value every time you played with it. <laughs> Oh my god, is it Halloween yet? I'm so fucking Net horny company. for Halloween. Uh, we've got, speaking of, games. speaking of shitty toys, we got one more story on mm-hmm. this docket. Toys R Us declares bankruptcy, but will still carry SNES The show must go on. Classic. All two, all two of them they'll get. Mm. Well, I don't know, like, the way that Ninten- that Reggie was talking about it the other week makes me think, like, maybe they will overdo it on eight. supply this time. That Instead was the, uh, the coolest here's thing the thing. CEO could say. The fact that I was, a- as I've said before, the fact that I was able to secure pre-order for this means there will be plenty at launch. And not only that, there will be plenty for so long to come that they will be on bargain bin shelves. On the basis of they will your be on- luck only. You, you, yes, <laughs> yes. It is consistent. I still have not found one to pre-order. I was camping. They were done by the you time will. I got back. You will be able to get one. It I'm sucks. sure of it. It's I, out in like 12 minutes. Like I, I, I really do think that the stuff that happened with them in the DS and Amazon, I don't know if you remember that big ugly story about yeah. like nobody wanted to take accountability for all that inventory. Yeah. I think that's still dictating their attitude towards pre-orders in online sales. hardware. Yeah, they're yeah. just so apprehensive to getting any extra inventory. Yeah, they were the, the, necessary. The, some of the 3DSs are breaking. They would send them back to Amazon and Amazon would be like, yo, Nintendo, what's up? And he's like, it's not our problem. Right. It was like an it's epidemic. 
Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't an epidemic. I think just Nintendo wasn't Nintendo didn't have a lot of systems that broke up until the three D. Right. Well, I mean, they had that hinge problem that yeah. was a bit of an epidemic. I can say. Oh no, no, no. Okay, yeah, for sure. That's the thing that I think they ended up burning their relationship with Amazon. Mm. And since then, I think like they've been. Really yeah, every apparent. system has been better. Like right. I haven't played my original three DS in fucking years. Uh, but that yes, oh, one th- I want an SNES classic. If you have a line, I'm desperate people. You can have. I will mine suck your dick. At a cost. Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> Offer still good. Yeah. I, I'm you, telling you, you though. pivoted out of that earlier <laughs> offer really fast. I did not. I did not. <laughs> I'm telling offer you though. Void and First, it, it's going to be like remember when like uh, everyone was scalping the PS2 for so long, and uh, when the PS3 came out, like scalpers were like, "Oh man, I'm going to make a me, fucking yeah. killing off this." And then there were PS3s everywhere, mm-hmm. and you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a PS3. It's going to be like that. I hope so because yeah. they got worked. Wii U scalpers got worked, and then Switch scalpers got rewarded. Mm. And I'm sick of seeing Nintendo reward scalpers. That sucks. Mm. Mm. Well, let's... But, but that's that's what Reggie Reggie said. Mm-hmm. Reggie Fizeme, president of the Bigfoot Pizza. He said, Nintendo. "Do not spend more than eighty bucks <laughs> on a Super NES uh, classic." And I think that's the coolest thing in the world. If that comes to fruition, that's the coolest thing he could have said. He didn't confirm anything. He said, "Don't don't give those fucks money." Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, literally, he used the word "fucks." Don't give those fucks money. He's here to kick yeah. ass and take names. Yes, yeah. he is kind of a my mob body boss. is bubblegum. So let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting. What? The community. The community. Uh, Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was What's a game that you've made up stories about in your head, whether imagining more about in game events or writing actual fan fiction? So, like, if you had, like, stories about, like, oh, these two XCOM operatives are in love and they're married. Or if it's like, yeah, I'm going to actually write fan fiction about uh, Zelda and what Zelda and Link's but kids it, are like. Wasn't it also where like your brain would fill in the blanks? Sure. On stories because you weren't given yeah, much? Any of those. But mm. do you guys have any games that you've been like that for? I was here. I assumed I said it. Hmm. Brett, I know about your volumes of Mega Man fan fiction, so we might as well just dispense with that. Uh, Proto Men is the the best <laughs> Mega Man fan fiction that That's true. exists. That is true. Uh, it's really good. Every single album by them is is just really, really deep modern Mega Man fan fiction. All right, I guess that's my answer. Hey, <laughs> okay. I did it for you. very cunning taking his idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I know Bloodborne was one where like the game only get, Souls and Bloodborne only give you so much, and then I spent probably an equal amount of time one to one beating those games, and then. Watching YouTube videos of like, lore. of like Vati Vidya or Red Gra- Redgrave or mm-hmm. Jerk Sons Frontiers, like watching all this stuff about like the the lore and the history and connecting all these dots and mm. how everyone interprets things. But I, I'm sure I did this for NES and Super NES stuff. I just nothing comes to mind with no prompting. Mm. Uh, Buster Bust Loose. Yeah, definitely I, fill how that. Did get in. to the football game. Uh, I feel like I did that. I had to draw a car. I know I would look at like the map to like Secret of Mana or mm-hmm. Link to the Past, and I would just stare at the map and think about what each of these castles were doing. Like when you're looking at the world map, mm-hmm. it's like who would build the shit in a desert? Well, yeah, it's like there's a there's a world history <laughs> to it, and I would try to invent like oh, so if people started here and moved that mm-hmm. way, like they'd build this town down here, and I wonder what it's like down there for these people. And they next moved to the left for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I would definitely spend a lot of time looking at maps and trying to like make sense of the world map and how it came to be. So pretty much any RPG from the 8 and 16-bit eras, I was like really obsessed with those maps. I guess I would say like 
mainly me- I would say Metroid just because of how little you got from those earlier games mm-hmm. and they give you just enough to kind of expand upon that but mm-hmm. like I'm kind of guilty of this in a lo- like across a lot of games um, that just kind of give you enough world building and character development to kind of like let your imagination run wild I mean I'm I got into Overwatch because of seeing fan fiction and yeah. fan art yeah. that did a lot of the heavy lifting uh, in terms of storytelling and character development that the game kind of just hints at. Make us um, care first, and then we'll, right. we'll, we'll desire the lore They gave so me much. just enough to then, once running into fan art and fan fiction and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, it's, I'm, I'm getting to see other people's interpretations. And so it's become kind of, I think, over time, like how I consume media in a lot of cases, which is... Oh. More community-focused, you know. That was another thing in the news. Uh, Overwatch cast its uh, final ultimate on Battleborn. <laughs> that Battleborn Aww. is done. Uh, it's it's Last update is happening this fall, and no more updates ever. It tried. It's the Scott Pilgrim mm. of video games. Mm. It really just got a bad deal, mm. releasing at the wrong time, before people, were, I think, were ready for a game like that. Mm. You know, it's it was a victim of a lot of other circumstances, not the quality of the game. Oh, mm. and I have a last-second game deal. From Dave Rudden. Okay. Can uh, I hear, hear four seconds of that theme song? Yeah, you gotta no. open it. You can't, yeah. Then Chris can't do this. Chris uh, can't yeah. do this segment. You're gonna need right? to hear this, Elston. <laughs> Dude. Good. Uh, game deals. The Rad Skeleton Rasta dancing theme oh, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, PS4 yeah. is mm-hmm. on sale. <laughs> this, <laughs> this thing has given me so much enjoyment. Like... If I do a VG Empire game, like, song of the year, like, uh, you know, year wrap-up, that, the song it plays while that skeleton dances is going in the show. Yeah, I was really high, and I went to your house, and that's, like, the only thing I can remember. It's a dancing <laughs> skeleton on the back it's, of your PS4 It video. is such a treat. It is, like, you'll watch it sometimes, and, like, I don't think this is looped yet. Like, whoever, whoever made this thing put in a lot of work. And we went through, it was so good that we were like, I now have to look through every theme on the store. And we <laughs> oh, spent... That's dark we oh, spent, that's terrible. We spent an afternoon like, oh. I, I gotta know, because what if something else is this good? It is so far above and beyond. This this thing came <laughs> off as a joke, and it's like, dude, this this thing has enriched my life all it's, year long. It's not an anime titty theme. No, it is a know. dancing <laughs> skeleton mm-hmm. to the most excellent background music. Yeah. Uh, so, is it like as good as the, the Wii Shop? music it is so much more upbeat really and, and lively wow. it is full of energy and life uh when you scroll left and right it's totally like bongo drums yeah wow. do you think it makes a good accompaniment for my uh bubba the love sponge avatar <laughs> which is a thing sorry, dude what? if you go to that avatar store it might be the worst interface <laughs> and store in the universe i'm a gamer back off bitch <laughs> avatar 299 like you're like what? It's awful. Three dollars. It's that. awful. Like all of it is shit like that. Like, it's a gamer thing. You wouldn't understand. Like you would really represent yourself like that to the public. I'm the dog from. That's like a Walmart the dog from Jet Grind Radio. Yeah. That's like a Walmart T-shirt in, in a yes. theme form for two dollars. This uh. was pennies, and that is now pennies less. Close out with four seconds of the game dealer. I've never. Sonic That'll do. Uh, so, uh, hang on, that's gonna bother me. Like, I, I need. Fine. There. Okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> uh, in a, in a pinch, I'll take it. Somebody from Disney should give me more money. That's Donald's birthday. Somebody from Disney should demand money from me. Yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, so. but Batman Boy Eleven was the first to post this question on the forums and answer it. So they get he gets read first. Said, as a kid, I was six when the original came out and nine by Chaos Theory because 
ju- I was just that cool and really enjoying writing. I like to write was was essentially fanfic <laughs> for Splinter Cell, where Sam Fisher went on new spy missions and fought new adversaries. And hopefully, found true love. God yes. Damn. <laughs> God damn. Uh, Aimbot Master said, "I have a strange one, mostly because it's from a game I haven't played yet." Forty winks. Holy shit! Oh, Move over, Mario. Uh, yes, only being able to look over the same magazine ad, it looked so cool to my nine-year-old brain. Unable to see it in actual motion, I could only imagine how neat the gameplay would be. Going into other people's dreams worlds and getting new powers based on each level theme. When I finally played it at Funko Land, <laughs> oh, no. it turned out <laughs> to be an all right game, but it was way below the story and ideas I had in my imagination. Can't forget to throw out the uh, move over, Mario. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nintendo Power Review, they plastered on the front of game covers On the as cover well. of the it's game. It's always classy to dog on your competition when your competition's the industry leader. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that was a Nintendo Power Review. I can't imagine yeah. Nintendo Power it ever ca- saying no, move over It Mario. was called, like, Official Nintendo Magazine or ah, something. It was like, sure it, it was. I'm like, what? Where did this come and, from? That's a reference to, like, a fucking Bioshock song. Farty winks, gotta get my farty winks. <laughs> like, it, what a fuck. God damn it! Uh, that had to go up an antiquated totally rad. Yes, yeah. 40 winks. Gotta get my 40 winks. Well, the 40 game is winks. pretty antiquated even when it came out. I remember playing a demo on like PlayStation Underground and being like, I even by my by my you know 12-year-old standards, this is pretty terrible. And somebody should have... Mm. Like, winks is probably a racial slur somewhere. Probably. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. No. You shouldn't say that. That had... It was, oh. Uh, Polar Bear Blue said, Donkey Kong 64. I don't know what it was about that game. Perhaps it was the cast of colorful characters with various personalities. The rap song. The villainous organization run by King K. Rule, which seemed more like your like your common American corporation, or hey. the world in which the game was always set in. Yeah, you work for a Japanese corporation. Yeah, what are you getting? No, but I'm from America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from America over here. Uh, but in my time, yeah, playing, you don't speak Lilat, you can get out. Yeah. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I think you mean. <laughs> uh, but in my time playing, when I was busy playing the Donkey Kong mini game on One Life, I was writing a complete alternate universe for this game. I wrote weird things like putting Diddy Kong and Tiny Kong in oh, a no. relationship. For the record, <laughs> Dixie Kong is Diddy Kong's girlfriend. Having them cross over into other games like Mortal Kombat and Metal Gear Solid, and putting them in re- the real world where they had to navigate back to their island. Ultimately, however, it was all done because I had a difficult time beating the game. Once I finally beat the game and gave up on 100% completion, I left DK64 and the fanfiction for it all behind. I had moved on to the GameCube and another fanfiction for The Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh, boy. Quick shout-out to the Laser Time community for posting the most disgusting (laughs) Simpsons tattoo I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Bart fucking Lisa, what? No, it was Burns and Smithers, but it was very graphic, Ah. and it was on top of like someone's like just shaved skin bumps. Um, (laughs) Yeah, those those hot off the press tattoo. Yeah, it was too graphic. Like like everything about this is gross, including the canvas. That's like an analog version of those awful banner ads you see on porn sites. Yeah, (laughs) why would you do that to Meg Griffin? There's no reason Peach Dragon would do that to Meg Griffin. (laughs) Itchy Sunburn said uh, the WWE games. I run my own in-game universe and make up all my own storylines and manage them via MS Excel. I've done this since 2014, I think, and I and I have years of these saved. It's pretty extensive, and I have uh, four total shows to manage, including a woman-only one. 
It's pretty funny because I've done things that were later done by WWE themselves, like pairing Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Uh, And generally, this fantasy world helps ease my annoyance with the real WWE. Bray Wyatt is booked like a badass in modern WWE, but in my world, he's the leader of the Ministry of Darkness with Kane and The Undertaker and very much a prominent figure. All right. Well, uh, Red Rock 963 said, It's time to out myself as the furry on the board. Oh, yeah. Yes, kids. I wrote Sonic fan fiction. Sonic Skateboard. I did it myself. Yeah. Not only that, because I was also an RPG fan, I wrote Sonic characters with swords and magic. My form name and avatar comes from this obsession in 1998. Yes, the red cat you see in my avatar, Red Rock, began life as Red 13's sister, nice. who got warped into Sonic's universe. Oh. I was 15 and lame back then. Also, my OC, don't steal. <laughs> All kidding aside, writing those stories helped feed my creativity for years. They made yeah. me want to become a writer and artist for real. Eventually, a lot of those lame fanfiction characters shed their Sonic-y roots and became their own unique creations. Now I'm trying to write my first fantasy novel, and I have video games and my own fanfiction roots to thank for that. Hey, man, the guy who uh, used to write the Sonic comics got the rights to some of the characters he came up with, came up with and then reskinned it and wrote it as a fantasy novel. Oh, damn. damn. So, like, hey, you know what? Fanfiction and fan art, totally a legit place to start. Buckaroo Bonds, I said, my sophomore year of college, a friend of mine and I built a whole headcanon around the franchise mode of Madden 13. You see, in Madden 13, when you win the Super Bowl, the game gives you B-roll footage of a parade and the team going to the White House and giving the president a jersey. The same president every year, no matter how many seasons we played. So it's 2025, and Obama is still the president. I want to go to there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) At the time, a Trump presidency was but a twinkle in the eye of pumpkin spice Saloni, uh, I guess he's a football player. Uh, so we decided to write a dystopian headcanon to explain why Obama got three plus more terms at the time. <laughs> Ukrainian protests and Russia annexation of Crimea were fresh, so that was our jumping off point in our head. In our headcanon, Obama had used the conflict to reignite the Cold War, <laughs> taking a hardline populist stance against the rising Russian menace. Becoming almost universally popular in the process, Obama parlayed this with the country's fascination in the dominant five straight Super Bowl winning Minnesota Vikings to repeal the 22nd Amendment and set presidential term limits. It was a wild head cannon. Wow, like honestly, I feel like that would be a Tom Clancy novel already. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty great. Uh, first time poster, Mega Short Fuse. A Mega Short Fuse? Mega mm-hmm. Short huh. Fuse. Said, uh, not only have I made up stories about a game, I damn near wrote a book. Two years ago, I installed Skyrim out of boredom and while waiting for it to download... I decided to create some sort of backstory for the heroine I was going to make. Fast forward to now, and I am 150 hours and 100 pages of a notebook deep in one of the best gaming experiences of my life. I essentially roleplay from the perspective of the main character, a sane person in the incredibly bizarre world of Skyrim. Anyone who's played the game can attest that it is insane, the random dragon attacks, constant assassination attempts, and extremely contrasting factions, all of which you can be the leader of at the same time, uh, make for an interesting setting. And trying to navigate the world as someone who acts as normal person and not the typical completionist dragonborn can be incredibly gratifying. 
I urge anyone considering another playthrough of Skyrim to try this. Grab a notebook and start documenting your experience. I guarantee you'll have a great time. Oh, Fudge, it's broken said, my answer to the question of the week is that when the Wii U was announced, I had a bunch of ideas for how the dual screens could be used. Too bad no actual game devs did. Nope. Uh, burn. Um, so I, <laughs> I fan wrote and designed a Zelda game for, uh, for it, which mixed third-person action and RTS. Basically, Ganon becomes aware of the death and rebirth cycle, so he tries to break it, and you have to piece it back together with Zelda, label, uh, leading a rebel army, which honestly is not a terrible idea. I feel I like know. that's, considering Zelda, they've been expanding on what kind of games can happen in that universe, that seems like almost a no-brainer no, to do an if RTS. You combine Hyrule Warriors with Mario's and Mario and Rabbids. Yeah. Oh Zelda works really well in that formula. <laughs> Should do a Zelda cross Castlevania and, oh. like,. Just Ganon and Dracula trying to figure out how do we stop being reborn oh. over and over again. Keep going, I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Yes. Way ahead of you. Uh, <laughs> Michael Danqua sent a video response on Twitter. Good day, VGA crew. This is Michael Maximilian X here, coming to you live from Amsterdam. Um, I'm actually at the Light Supply and Square. It's uh, 7, almost 7.30 here, and uh, people are getting ready for work, I'm getting ready for work. So for this week's question of the week was, uh, what game did you write about uh, that you fantasize or make right you now sequels to yourself? Uh, for me, that was back when I was still in uh, high school. Uh, in my uh, yeah my yeah, sophomore years, is when I started making Pokemon fan fiction, where I wrote myself in as the older brother of Ash Ketchum, is aptly named Mike Ketchum. Nice. Uh, I even like drew fan art of it of my own character, where me and Ash go on adventures and catch Pokemon and actually become. Uh, well, yeah, Pokemon Masters and not that bullcrap that the anime tries to keep force-feeding us year over year. Fucking bullshit, Where dude. Ash never wins a gym... Where, well, not a gym battle. He wins gym battles, but he never wins, like, the league. And where we go on adventures together and actually win the league and grow up. And he marries Misty and <laughs> we go on more adventures and we educate other younger trainers and we tell them about our awesome stories and stuff like that. And yeah, I yeah I used to do that a lot, not just for Pokemon, but that one is the most prominent one for me. Um, but yeah, used to write a lot about Pokemon. Yeah. Also used to lot write a lot about fan fiction for Captain in the Game Master, where <laughs> Kevin is all grown up and has kids that go on adventures in Video Land. So yeah, but the Pokemon thing is where it's at. So anyway, guys. Until next time. That was adorable and wholesome. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. It really was. I kept waiting for it to take a dark turn. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, like and then we murdered somebody together. His face was lighting up, like, just thinking about the idea of Ash uh, telling new kids about his journeys. And he's like, like man, a, what a, a real Luke Skywalker what a way to go. situation. And finally, Cody Laveau, the Cajun Crippler. <laughs> have, hey. I been, have I been gone this long? Hey, VGA. It's Cajun Crippler, Cody Laveau. <laughs> Late on Monday night. And uh, I know Gallon and Carhartt, and he likes to... Not only pride himself on being an animal man, but a family man as well. So guess what? Meet Grover. 
Grover Laveau. <laughs> there he is. What's up, Grover? Hey, bud. So, we're talking about um, narratives that we built within games, right? Oregon Trail. You name that. Uh, all your friends or family members after your party members. And then you're either really sad or really excited when they drown in the river or die of dysentery. <laughs> See? It's like a story within a story that you make. Yeah. It's like a story within a story. You make it yourself. He's fascinated. All right. I'm going to put this little critter to bed. We'll see you next time. All right. Have a great week. Uh, Michael, Dave, Chris. Haven't learned the fourth guy's name yet, but you, you seem cool. <laughs> Later. Oh, Let man. That's it. a perfect selection because I feel like Oregon Trail and XCOM are two of the games that like, yeah. <laughs> most people associate it because like, they're, they're always naming it after friends and family, and then they're yeah. like upset that they yep. let their family and friends die. <laughs> Yes, and Brett doesn't know. Cody's usually trapping animals in Texas and wow. showing us skunks and, wow. and armadillos, and he's just got through a hurricane. Cody, good yeah, luck, buddy. Wow. So, new question of the week. What's your favorite Metroidvania? Metroid or Castlevania or otherwise? Mm-hmm. Um, God, uh, I love all of these games like my children. So I'm going to go venture outside the two obvious favorite series and say Ori and the Blind Forest. That would have been mine. Is a game that you want you want to take that? No, time no, no. I haven't finished else? it yet. Oh, really? No, yeah. I've started like twice on Steam I, and Xbox. I Live. had the privilege of reviewing it for IGN because mm-hmm. it was in a busy week and nobody else wanted it. It's beautiful. And it is it is amazing. It is a fantastic game. It's one of the best games that was a, an Xbox exclusive for a little while mm-hmm. and I think is now on at least PC. I don't think it's probably ever coming to PS4. But uh, it is fantastic, just a, a brilliant uh, mashup of like just beautiful art design and music design and all this stuff. So I, I strongly recommend it if you with, haven't played with it. With ultra strong heart and, yeah. and, and, and just heartbreaking at every turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do. I, I play that game when like kind of like when like my power and internet goes out because I'm like, oh, fuck, I have that game. And I can just play it on my Xbox because it's the only thing that works. I do love Ori and the Blind Forest. And I think Microsoft helped publish that or something? Microsoft published it, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to narrow between Metroid and Castlevania, but none of the others in that style like totally eclipsed those games for me. I did like Outland. I think that was Ubisoft yeah. several yes. years ago. I thought that was pretty good. I, I, I don't I know if you were here. I played that the whole thing with a Tron soundtrack, and uh, it was yeah. oh, wow. epic. I liked uh, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. That was going to be mine, that Insanely Twisted was, Shadow Planet, because you're just a UFO. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be it's probably going to come down like Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night, which is like mm-hmm. the safe, obvious answer. But they just are actually that good. But for the sake of splitting that, uh, I know for the 200 episode, I was arguing for Aria of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was no, it was Dawn of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as yeah, like yeah. the best of all the Metroidvanias, which uh, is really good. I think Portrait of Ruin might be my favorite. They're both on excellent. DS. That's I, that's the one I spent the most time in. I just, for some reason, I I, I beat them both twice, but there was something about Arya that, like, or Dawn, that, like, really, I was like, man, this is so good. And I remember spending a ton of time with, like, Harmony of Dissonance. Yeah. I mean, they're all great. Hmm. Um, I think for me, I probably would have to, weirdly enough, out of the core Castlevania and Metroid games, pick Order of Ecclesia. I really, really just loved it because it was the biggest departure narratively and thematically from the rest of the Castlevania games, and I really like Shinoa's journey because I feel like not a lot of games that star women really deal with a lot of kind of complex it, like story issues that pertain to them in not an insulting way. Like her whole thing is basically a religious order like turning her into a uh, sort of sacrificial thing and she's mm-hmm. her journey being like 
I'm not going to put up with this anymore. The, F the patriarchy. I'm tired of being lied to. And I thought, even though the gameplay has parts that kind of, like the crab battle, if anybody remembers that oh, one, yeah, yeah. I oh, pulled yeah. my hair out from that. But overall, I didn't care as much emotionally about uh, other Castlevania games as much as I did that one. That said, outside of Castlevania Metroid, I I would pick Tomba. I love Tomba. <laughs> And wow, that was such Humble a weird... Is that a Metroidvania? I mean, if you think about the level, way the level progression works and the fact that you can't get to certain areas without getting power-ups that you get later on in the game that you have to backtrack to and really keep track of one bigger environment, then yeah, I, w- I would classify that as a, a Metroidvania. And I just really... I always wish that team could have gotten another crack at that before they went under because they did like two games and that was, the second one sold real poorly. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer, but you know, I just thought that was such a clever, weird, kooky... Fun take a on really that great mix-up of 3D and 2D. Yeah, yeah, and the first one especially had this weird kind of borderline claymation look to it uh, that I thought was really cool, and they kind of lost when they converted over to like polygonal PS1 mm-hmm. era graphics. I think that probably hurt it a little bit in terms of mm-hmm. its initial appeal. But yeah, just the Whoopi Camp guys. I always wondered whatever happened to all those people because. Those games are just really awesome, and They're that's the only Sony. thing they ever did. Huh? They're all at Sony. Oh, they must have been dispersed, like, <laughs> dissolved into the greater entity, yeah. And Sony and some yeah. Japanese company. Yeah. And I just remember Order of Ecclesia as the game where I got to Dracula, and then he just kicked me in the face. Like, as Dracula always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mine was Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, but all right. for the reasons I explained. Portrait of Ruin and uh, Super Metroid are the Metroid video games I spent the most time in. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of... Uh, Aquatic Adventures of the Last Human, and what was the Insomniac-developed submarine game? Um, I'm blanking on it, but they were both really good. Something uh, the U571? No. Mm. I can't want to say Subnautica, but that's like Minecraft. But Desk, the boot disc? No. Something no. something in the deep, I It's think. about an Irish girl named... Oh, Song of the Deep. Song of the Deep. About an know. Irish girl named Marin, whose uh, father is lost at sea, so she builds her own submarine to go and find him. And befriends a mermaid along the way, and it's super Turns out cool. Turns to be Mark Marin, and it's totally disappointing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what is your favorite Metroidvania? Let us know. Go to lasertimepodcast.com slash forums. Damn. First person to start the forum thread by asking the question and answering it gets read first on next week's show. Alternately, you can go and answer into the comments for episode 232 on com, or join the Lasertime community on Facebook and answer there. That's been our show. Who's got some plugs? Uh, yeah, so I announced my game, Slipstream Scalalags. You mm-hmm. can find us on Twitter at uh, Docs, D-A-X-N-D is our studio Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well, at Kenji Salk, but you can also hit us up on our websites, uh, Doxin.com and SlipstreamScalalags.com for more information. Now, I, I felt a little bad because uh, you had recommended... Uh, we do because because you're doing a space pirate theme game. Like, do top five pirate games. I'm like, yes, I'm so into this. And then, like, at the last <laughs> minute, the other day, I realized like that was like our fifth top five no, ever. No. <laughs> when you do this many episodes, yeah. you're gonna probably hit on and, a lot of yeah. And no the worries. only thing that changed is like, well, Assassin's Creed well, Four came out between then. At and least now, so. Metroid has space pirates in it. So That's it true. Potentially related. Although they're like uh, walking mantis shrimp. Right, right. Which, yeah. you know, honestly, the, uh, one or two of those might show up in our game. I can't say no. Huh? Well, all right. I'll, I'll uh, look out for them. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the spirit of like, our, this was our fifth episode and realizing that that was already done, uh, there's a Metroid VG Empire from 2011. Yes. Nice. Uh, so we talked through, I think, most of the games that were out at that point. And strangely, between then and now... I don't think there's been one. So, hmm. uh, I guess Federation Force, but uh, any, like, Metroid something game, uh, 2011, there was still... That's it. So, that episode's still relevant. 
Um, so there's that. And then I would also like to pr- uh, plug us watching Shin Godzilla. <laughs> oh, man. That movie's so good. It is so good. I would like you to plug something on our YouTube channel that just went up mm-hmm. that you were on. Oh, oh yeah, however long, long ago. ago that was. We, we, we reviewed all the Super NES Classic games, mm-hmm. um, much like because I did a video about a year ago about the NES Classic mm-hmm. Edition and ran through all 30 games. This is not that. And we ran through, in a very random, mumbly manner, mm-hmm. we ran through the 21 games mm-hmm. uh, on it, and uh, it was tough because it was just like, no matter what you say, everyone's already said it. Mm-hmm. About all those games because yeah. it's like hit after hit. So it after turns out hit. Final Fantasy VI is pretty okay. And it's like you get to mm-hmm. Mega Man X, and I'm like, I don't like I. Don't, you want me to sell you on Mega Man X? Like I don't. Well, like, I just stand up and run like him. There, yeah. That's what I'll do. Just like I'll, I'll I'll hum the highway theme, and like you'll just go, oh right, I love this game. And now I want it. Infinite, right? The yeah, yeah. The theme, theme is in the, yeah, in the yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's uh, that video's fun because you're just gonna be like, man, a Super NES is like just the greatest. It's really good. It's mm-hmm. such a great system. You do mention there's like one dud in there. Can you say what it is? Oh, I didn't mention that. Huh. Like, oh, they, there's like no duds in here. And Brett's like, well, there's one. This was recorded months ago. <laughs> okay. Never mind that. What is it? I want to know. I don't know. I didn't get that oh. far. I was asking. <laughs> uh, and also we launched an Elm Street Nightmare. Throughout Halloween, we will have a, a, a podcast all about the Nightmare in Elm Street series with me and Lizzie Cuevas on it and our, with some guest spots, including our buddy Louis Peitzman, who's been on uh, a couple of our shows. I think he's one of the an awesome authority in the Nightmare series. He's done more work uh, related to that series than anybody else I have ever met in my entire life. But uh, holy shit, this episode, we just launched the first episode. Next week is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, which is the most maligned yet fascinating Freddy movie. And man, please check that one out. Uh, ElmStreetNightmare.com. As of this moment, we're submitting it to whatever your feed is, uh, but it's definitely available on our, on, on our website. I hope to get it to wherever you listen to stuff soon. All right. Well, uh, as always, you can follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Oh, okay, guys, wrestling fans, right? You're wrestling fans? Oh, yeah. You are? Yeah. Okay. I watched Surf's Up 2 the other day as part oh, of my yeah. bad movie night with my creative partner because yep. we watch bad animated movies. The movie's fucking crazy and also horny as shit. <laughs> I mean, when you're a penguin, it wants to... No, all of them. Vince McMahon Otter is like a furry what a dream it's crazy they Crap have those seashells they, on my uh, tummy I mean seriously they would have sh- up close shots of his pecs veiny and muscly and stuff and it's just like oh most of the people make it <laughs> we're super wet for this it was crazy I, I think we got our secret sound yeah. Yeah. like horny Tim Allen oh yeah really horny yeah <laughs> Uh, mother, mother, re- like... mother, refrain. <laughs> no, no, I need a different voice. I need something as a mother. I can't. <sighs> just tossed out a voice. Uh, Brother refrain. flame. You already did that for no, mother. No, I Dren- didn't. He was just British. It wasn't James Mason. So mother drain. Mother drain. Wait, what did I do for mother? Drain do- was British. Uh, can you do Vincent Price? Um, uh, can I?
Mother Drain. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't do Vincent I Price. I can't even verify it. It's too George Takei. I can't <laughs> do Vincent Price. Yes, yes. Oh, no, I want yes. to try. With a lovely story. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Now, now I'm there. Let's do it, Griffin. Oh, now I'm really close. <laughs> oh, like, I, so what? My Vincent Price Just impression... <laughs> My Vincent Price impression is based on like this bizarre like Disney Channel short TV show that I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like Vincent Price in like an artist beret uh, who would like read artistic and written submissions from children, and he'd be like, "Oh, isn't that sweet? Oh, what a sweet story! Oh, <laughs> I cannot believe he's the Will Smith character in the original I Am Legend." Oh my god! And that is, yeah, his wrists are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! 